Hello and welcome to Box Office Bingers. I'm your host, Matt Diaz, with my co-host, Ernesto Santos. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? It's I'm been good. a long week. It's been a long week. I have wrapped, got some good stuff racked up on my watch list, ready to talk about it. I feel like I've watched more this week than I had last week, so definitely a lot to talk about. Same. And sure. I, when I was originally making my list, I was like, this is... It's like, oh man, I'm not gonna have that much to talk about. This is gonna be kind of embarrassing. And then you start typing it, right? And yeah. then it's like, oh wow, I was like, that's oh, actually shit. a lot. I have things to say. <laughs> there you go. If that's not a good enough tease for you. Exactly. And we have a special guest today. Super special. Right guest. here in the studio ish yeah. is Chris <laughs> Nielsen. How are you doing today? Good guys. I'm uh, happy to be on the show. It feels like how many years has it been since we did this kind of thing? Oh, and I like that we're talking about Star Wars. Since, to, since you graduated teach. UCF. Yeah. Well, for those well, at home, Chris Nielsen used to be the host of Beyond the Credits. Shout out. You guys can still see that on, uh, I think it's still available on YouTube. I think it's still up there. Oh, yeah. Our episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that show has... Uh, has sailed. Since, yeah, it's dead. But our fervor for yeah. for film and TV <laughs> yes. lives on and it yes. needs to... <laughs> so the band's back together. Yeah, again. yeah it does feel like the band's back. I think it was... I think Almost three years ago. Something like that. Yeah. It we, wasn't like that first season we were talking about, like, wasn't that ramping up toward Force Awakens? So it feels like we're kind of going full circle a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, think I think so. so. Yeah, it was early on. I came I on, like, yeah. I came on after Force Awakens because every, you guys love to remind me of like your, your Star Wars episode that you guys had. Yeah. You guys had like an R2-D2 running across the oh, set. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's when right. we had like we we had set set decoration like on hand. <laughs> yes. Everybody had something to contribute. That's yeah. right, because we were we just came off of the Force Awakens, so that's right. We were doing yeah. we we're talking about that, and then uh, yeah, this is Force Awakens. This, so it feels it feels appropriate. Yeah, yeah. 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 A little yeah. Bit. This is this is. This. Yeah, we planned that, guys. Yeah, we, we totally <laughs> planned sure. that to happen. Oh yeah, yeah. Boom. Uh, <laughs> Mike drop. drop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today. On this episode of Box Office Avengers, we're going to be talking about Watchmen season one. Just wrapped up last night. We're going to be talking it as a whole. And I know Ernesto and Chris have both been pushing me to this show. Yeah. And I'm glad about fucking I did. Time. And yeah, you made it. <laughs> I made it. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that a little bit later. And the path of Star Wars. We're going to be talking about Star Wars in four days. Yeah. Is Rise of Skywalker. Oof. I know, right? Yeah, and for those listening, we're also going to have a follow-up. We're going to watch Rise of Skywalker, and then we're going to record right after. Yeah, it's going to be a special Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, Box Office Bingers episode extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Same. Uh, so yeah, that's what you can look forward to in this episode. But first, we always like to start every episode with a little segment we like to call What You Watching, and Chris... What have you been Oh, watching? I start first? You All start right. first. Well, like you said, we watched the Watchmen finale. Yes. Which was yes. great. But I guess we'll, talk, we'll get in that we'll little, get a little bit. bit yeah. And But I mean, really, it's been Watchmen and Star Wars. It's like, not that I was just preparing for this, but yeah. I mean, that's really what's been dominating what I've been watching. So I've been going, not on top of the movies, I've been going back in and trying to watch the essential things from Clone Wars and from Rebels that I think are going to be plot points that I hope they at least touch on in Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Uh, Mandalorian, watch that too. But I've also been trying to rewatch the last episode or last season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, And also The Office. I'm always watching The Office, but this time it's it's a little bit different. It's a new kind of way of watching The Office because the uh, Office Ladies podcast with Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey uh, I'm watching that like in tandem. So they're doing episode to episode talking about stuff that it's like, it's like a whole new, uh, like commentary track on each episode. They don't do it along with the episode, but they'll right. talk about it. 
and then I'll go back in, and they'll tell me something I had no idea I learned before. So do you really um, fun to watch that? Do you watch the episode first, or you listen to the podcast? I first? listen to them because they'll point out stuff that I would not have noticed. Oh, oh okay. Even after yeah. like episodes, that seems like the right way. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> see, I would have done it the reverse, but yeah, I mean, if you've already seen it, you can, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, I can quote The Office, so it's <laughs> it's yeah, it's yeah, I'll. I'll yeah, I've seen it enough times that like even when I'm listening to the podcast and they're mentioning a scene, I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Can, but that's can, just from familiarity with the. It's it's a, it's a problem. I've watched it too many times. So anything you know? Oh no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was about to ask the same question. Anything of note or anything that between listening to the podcast and watch and rewatching The Office, have you? You're like, oh my god! Like I've watched this a thousand times and I never noticed this. It's really cool when they say stuff that they would never put in commentary track on a DVD, like when they became friends with each other, when there were takes where there were t- usually just two people stuck with each other and take after take they were le- like Pam and Roy the actor who played I can't, I'm blanking on his name right now but they were stuck in a car together and the cast left because they forgot they left him in the car and that's when they became really good friends you wouldn't really <laughs> think that the relationship they had on the show they'd have good like you know that, that yeah. strong relationship in person um, but her and Angela really not two characters that uh, Pam and Angela don't really converse much on the show but they were stuck together in the basketball episode on a bench and they were stuck take after take while they did everything on on like on camera they were just in the background but they had to be there became best friends after it and it's lasted long enough that they can bring us a podcast telling us stuff that we never would have known otherwise so it's really it's really cool that that little stuff or like when steve carell tells them even if this show goes under what you guys have right now your friendship that's what will last so oh. it's like they, they wouldn't put that kind of stuff on on a, oh, yeah, a commentary no, track. Sure. So it's really their friendship that's really kind of like bolstering this whole podcast that they're doing. So how nice. far are they right now? Do you know, they've only done they've only finished the first season, uh, okay. or at least oh, I've oh, only listened good. up nice. to when they break, uh, had a break for Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. so wow. but that's only six episodes. So right. it's kind of it's it's really it's in the infant stages right now. But yeah, that's a fun it's it's a fun like rewatch that I'm doing in tandem with the podcast. And so okay. many people watch The Office, so you that's guaranteed to be, especially if they're true fans, they're yeah. going listen, to be listening li- li- right along um, just like you are. Yeah, they, they people call in and give questions for each, oh, like, oh, nice. so stuff they want to know oh, about. Oh, okay. They can, like, call in. So I'm, think, I'm thinking of, like, maybe, like, writing something in if I have questions enough because I'm have uh, there's little stuff like Dwight trapped in a box that was actually a prop guy. <laughs> like random stuff like they had the prop guy on to talk about it little stuff like that that's just really cool to to learn about a, a tv show i already thought i knew so well oh, and then man. it just like no nah, i don't know what any, i don't know what that, 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 as well i know as I nothing thought. i apparently know nothing yeah. uh and then always sunny in philadelphia yeah how, how is that going for you it's going really well. I, I feel bad that i i kind of missed an entire season and that i'm having to go back and watch it yeah. but um it's it's always on point i like i like how these characters don't change so it can be like uh, Simpsons, South Park, Family Guy, they're, they're cartoons. They don't, they, they're just caricatures yeah. that they just apply a new situation to. So I'm having, I'm like halfway through that. And they, they just did one that was like a noir oh. film. <laughs> yeah. It was like black and white and Charlie was like a detective, but he was actually a janitor. It was very, I don't know, very, very... Charlie Day is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I like how It's Always Sunny does those kind of episodes that uh, Community kind of used to do, where they took oh, like a, yes. a genre topic or something like that, a oh, type nice. of film or type of TV show. And do a whole episode based on that. Uh, so I appreciate that show for its variety. So what, what yeah. season are they? 13? This, no, I think it's 14. No. 14. Yeah, yeah. So they're still not missing a beat. Yeah. No. Wow. That, that, for a show to last that long and still yeah. going strong. Dan DeVito's still getting weird with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you said you were catching up with a whole bunch of Star Wars. So, yeah. So uh, 
so any between Rebels and mm -hmm. and you, you said, oh and I'll add Fallen Order in that it's a video game I know but oh I'm playing there I'm also go. playing as well it's worth talking about though right it is I'm yeah. I'm not that far ahead because I'm it's pretty hard so like I'm, it, I'm honestly yeah it is <laughs> like the parrying but yeah. also like getting the platforming down because it's yeah. really they really put you into a spot and you like you have to do exactly this to yes. get get through. And if you don't do that, you don't get the story that's at the end. So yes. it really pushes you to. And it, the story <laughs> is so interesting. Like, it's so yeah. intriguing. Like, it's like you're watching the movie, but it's like the perfect mix of like giving you great story, but mm -hmm. still putting you in the action. Yeah. You know? And they even put all those like filters in front of it to make yes. it look like a film. Did you ever um, play, um, I think it's called Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed. Yeah. 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 It reminds me of that, <laughs> like cranked up. Like, it's the, like way, the, the way it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so between Fallen Order, I guess a quick, a little tease for what we're going to be talking about later. Sure. Uh, for like Fallen Order or Rebels or you said you're, watch, you're watching Clone Wars. Well, first, mm -hmm. is any of the stuff you're watching, aside from Fallen Order because you already played it, uh, any between Rebels and, and Clone Wars, is that the first viewing for you or is these are rewatches? Uh, most of it is rewatches. They were, okay. they were, last time I went through Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, Clone Wars was kind of like a spotty kind of thing that I, 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 Research the arcs in the chronological order, and I, I watched most of it, but not all. And then Rebels, I watched up to a certain point. So I'm kind of finishing up Rebels, and I'm kind of going through Clone Wars and picking up those those holes, those episodes yeah. that I missed out on. But essentially, I'm, I'm prioritizing the the ones that I feel are important arcs that okay. I feel like they, they should touch on going forward. So mm. that's that's my priority. Like, if I don't, if I, I probably won't finish the rest of Rebels. But I feel like there's enough there that I will go back to to like stuff before Kenobi, the Kenobi yeah. series. Uh, he he's in there, Maul's in the show, so I feel like that's going to be something that right. they is worth looking back at again. Okay. But yeah, that's that's mostly how I'm approaching this kind of thing. So I'm really glad some you new, some watched old. them. Yeah, I'm really glad yeah. that you watched those because yeah. I don't know nothing about them. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't watched Clone Wars or um, or Rebels. You have okay, because I have some news that you may want to. I might. I, you, I don't give you, you guys like a small me. crash course before the movie because yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm hearing things now that they really did take cues from Dave Filoni's works, which are those two shows, Clone oh. Wars and Rebels. So, yeah, Wait, I'm ready. <laughs> I, I don't know when I'm gonna release because I don't think you guys have heard this little bit that came oh. out earlier today. So I, no, I, I okay. don't know if you want me to well, tell me when you want me to unleash that. Yeah, save that little tip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll do. It keep, like, we're keep, we're keep teasing the Star Wars. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So anything else you wanted to add? Uh, watched Laundromat, Titans, Jumanji two. Okay. I don't know, just things here and there. What we do in the shadows is a really good show that I don't feel like hmm. I, with the movie Taika Waititi's vampire movie. I feel like it never got enough credit, so I always tell people to watch that movie. And now that I watch the TV series that they did on FX. That's good as well. So I'm pitching that the same way. Okay. So it was a Sounds little bit ago, but yeah. If, if you guys have, if you're like, I don't, I don't have a TV show to watch, watch that. Watch okay. That. <laughs> um, so I've been uh, preaching, not preaching, but I've been talking about the show throughout many episodes. Is that I've been actively keeping up or trying to watch Titans. And as you know. Uh, um, well, we we've been yeah, watching yeah. some of it, and and you you finished you beat you beat me to season two, the end of it, and now I'm officially caught up. So if you're not caught up with season two, uh, well, I don't think there's any rush to finish. <laughs> you, season two of Titans. Season season two of Titans. I don't, Sa savor some of the parts that you're already like savor right. that stuff. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but I I will say that uh, I I re we it was a recent binge of the majority of season two and it just i really wish uh they would have had they would have stuck the landing on that ending 
I think they're the biggest. Like they had a lot of good uh, episodes in in the meat of the series. So like four through ten, I think were like really solid. And then eleven and twelve, you can see things going a little south. And then thirteen, which is the season finale, it just took a nosedive. And it's it's surprising of how a show can be consistently either good or like oh that wasn't bad i you know i enjoyed what i watched to then take a huge left turn and like it's almost like somebody they they took somebody from from the street and say hey i want you to read this and i want you to think what you thought and then change it if you wanted it's really disappointing to see that in the show it was a really entertaining mess yeah it's but <laughs> yeah it was a mess yeah. it was a mess nonetheless but then so the ending is it more of like was it there too many episodes or like did, did there they have too many endings too, too yeah. many endings yeah so uh, it, without again without giving away anything i i the way because chris and i were talking about our, our our thoughts about the finale yeah and the way i pitched it was that imagine if the writers just found out that instead of having 15 or 16 episodes <laughs> yeah. left in season two they found out they had 13 and so all the storylines that they were building up to like oh shit we gotta wrap all this up right now, don't we, guys? Yeah, <laughs> oh like, shit! <laughs> like, well, this is creeped up on us. Uh, we're just gonna and so, oh, okay. We're just gonna do this here, and it felt like each story that they've been doing for the last the, for the whole season, they gave it a fifteen minute ending or a twenty minute ending. Mm. So, like, it's it's about it's a forty eight minute uh, series. So yeah, so about fifteen minutes was devoted to that storyline yeah. and that storyline. And then they gave us another one, which was really out of left field, yeah, which no did, did no setup. It just happened, and then that was the ending of this of, of the season. So, like uh, again, we were talking about how like season one was technically this, this ending of season one was technically the beginning of season two. Yeah, and so with that cliffhanger of season one they had originally, it felt like that the way they ended it was intriguing to move on to season two, but then if they really went with the original ending of season one, which was the start of season two, and if I would have watched that as a finale of season one, I'd be like, oh boy, that was rough. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and but like, because the way they ended it was like, all right, well, I'm already hooked on to season two, so that was just a bad episode. I'm going to move on with the rest of the, the season. Yeah. And then I felt like in this case, they actually ended how they wanted to, and be like, I have, Based on that ending, I have zero or very little interest of continuing to season three. Wow. I think it was like a reaction to season one's ending. They're like, no cliffhanger. So we have to get every, we have to finish up everything in this finale. And they, they did, but they did too much. And uh, yeah. It's like, the, it's like, oh, I guess the show's done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it was really disappointing, especially like when you were enjoying, like, you don't want to go into a show or watching a show to have like, the last thing that you see from that show is like a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. It's just like, you want to come out of it being like, all right, that was a good season. I can't wait for the next one or the characters. And it's just, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's kind of like you did all that watching work, not really work, but you did all that. Yeah. You invested so much time. Invested time. There you go. That's that's a better way of saying it. And then to be let down like that. But that's why, that's why Titans kind of like eludes me on whether it's good or not, because I had a really good time during it. But the way they try to cap off the way they've tried to end their, season arcs is just not what i have done would have done and it doesn't it's not satisfying to me but while i'm watching the show i'm still trying to figure out why i'm actually still (laughs) so engrossed in it because there are other shows where i'm just like i'll give up on this i mean like i hope it's not just because it's dc property and i'm looking like oh okay it's a comic book show i'll watch this right i mean i i still think that there are some good strong things that show that are worth 
watching. Like, I mean, I, I told you you should watch this yeah. back when I feel like what's been strong all the way through is Dick Grayson's storyline. Like, them, I, originally I think it was going to be a Dick Grayson movie. I mean, sorry, it, TV show, like mm-hmm. series all on his own. And they realized, hey, maybe we should open this up to the Titans and this aspect of his life, this period of his life. Um, and that's that's part of Strong. So I guess when they experience, I mean, there's so many characters, there's just a lot... I don't know. There's it's a mess, but there must ha- there must be some good sort of backbone to it for yeah. it to be week to week as entertaining as it is. I guess. Right. So I mean, I guess if, if anything, I would say if you are interested in watching Titans, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Just maybe bring your expectations <laughs> a little bit down. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably the best advice I can probably give on that scenario. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Ernesto, what have you been watching? All right. So I have been watching. Well, if obviously I'm on my Star Wars journey. Yes. Um, I just started episode seven, so okay. obviously I should I should be obviously I should be done. Oh yeah, the, the plan good. is to be done by the time we go see it on Friday. Right. Yeah, to be all caught up and then especially getting the Star Wars download here from Chris. I'm gonna be, <laughs> getting the Star Wars download. I know I'm gonna get I'm gonna be ready. I'm gonna be ready for this movie like the way yeah, I should have been. You have two more. Yeah, you have four. Yeah, have two more. And and, Jedi, yeah. yeah, I started chronologically. This is the first time I've ever watched it from one oh, all real? the way through. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And I've I've been as I told him I enjoy I've learned I enjoy it better. The, the story the story is okay. better chronologically than watching it the way it came out you know because like you don't have that you go into i guess we, we there's, can, th- there's three schools of thought there's, really there's the the way it came out there's the chronological way and then somebody came up with the machete order which it's like the, the original trilogy then you squeeze in anakin's story between empire and jedi and make it as if you're watching as like luke learning oh. the story of his father and that way it retains the twist that he that darth vader is his father because you're not watching the old ones going anakin skywalker luke skywalker okay they're i mean you, you literally see his yeah. mother give birth to him so you know who's right. the father and it re, and it retains the uh darth sidious palpatine twist so by watching it that way and ending it finally with return of the jedi you kind of but now with the new films, how do you fit that into Machete Order? So that's not really, you it's kind of outdated, but that's, that was, there, were, there used to be like three ways to watch Star Wars. Or maybe you do the Machete Order for the first six, and then like yeah, 789 is like a new, th- like, well, yeah, this it, is like a new thing. It does feel like 789 is always going to be 789. Like, yeah. yeah. Those are the last three you're going to be watching, yeah. regardless, uh, in your viewing. But they also is... cut out Phantom Menace in Machete Order, but I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't agree with that yeah, either. Yeah. But it's very interesting. It's very. I'm now that you said that. It's very interesting because that's the one thing I was like. That the was twist, the right? twist. That's, yeah. I was like, you missed the twist. Like when you, yeah, when you show it to like your kids, like do you want to like be? Do you want them to be as like mesmerized that Darth Vader is actually his father? Yeah. Or do you learn it a different way? I mean, I think both ways. The fact that there are so many ways to watch the sh- the this series is kind of cool that you can kind of take some person's point of view and watch it that way, but. And see yeah. how see how you develop the story that right. way. Right. Yeah. yeah. So in this machete order, you said it was New Hope and then Attack of the Clones. No, New Hope, Empire, uh, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah. I would put Phantom Menace in between Empire and. So uh, a- so after the big twist, then you learn his history. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. After you, you learn, I am your father, and then you get a bit like you can kind of see that as, like the next time we see Luke after that in the next movie, he's become a Jedi. So there's right. like. You kind of think he probably learned the his, the story of his father, the fact that he went oh that he went to the dark side, but he didn't have to. All that he seems like an enlightened man when you start, yeah, episode turn, seven, yeah. Return yeah. of the Jedi. This, yeah. you know, he's so got the like, new outfit. Yeah. so <laughs> as an audience, you're kind of enlightened in the same way he is because 
I, I really feel like machete order is like the Luke's point of view order. Yeah. You start mm-hmm. out with it like like people did back in 1977. It was that was the point of view character. So it's cool that they retain that. But yeah, it's not uh the new the new sequels don't really chop up well and fit into anything it's just kind of like you tack that on so yeah okay uh and then i watched honey boy i'll save that one for last uh i watched i'm caught up on mandalorian uh watchmen of course and i finished the irishman oh Uh, the (laughs) trek i did you know it is a really really good movie like it's like you're just along for the ride like it doesn't there's not one point because usually Scorsese movies, like they're good. I just, for me, they're a little slow, right? Because of all the storytelling. But that's, sure, but yeah. those, that's the way he tells the stories. But I've, this one was like, you're in it right from the beginning. Like it's just crazy shit, mob shit happened <laughs> left and right. I mean, and it, for those who don't know, it's a story about um, of how Jimmy Hoffa died. You know, mm. big mystery. Um, so it's based on a book called um, I you I heard you used to paint houses. Okay. Yeah, and that, that's what they used to call people who used to bring them in the houses and they would kill them. Oh. And then oh. make the bodies disappear. Yeah, it's a good movie. They could have called it that. I don't. I don't know. You didn't have to call it the Irishman. Yeah. But no. Oh well. But like the in the opening shot of the movie, like um, so they play the Irishman and then there's a car driving and then it goes to it flashes the it's like I heard and then each word like the oh, name is on the screen. Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, okay, so he, okay, he, okay. he plays like an homage, like right from the very that's beginning. Cool. Like that's okay. like the first thing he does. And then he tells his story and he tells his story. Interesting. And the de-aging, it actually looks really well. It was very well done. Very, cool. I could barely, you could barely tell. And then all, obviously you're looking at it. Like, I know you're a lot older than that. So, right. yeah. So, so definitely the, I know the biggest complaint with a lot of people is time. And I don't, I don't yeah. agree with that. I don't think this should be even a conversation, but for the sake of this conversation, it didn't feel like it was a three and a half hour. Long no, because when I when I when I had the time to go back and watch it, like right. I was enjoying what I was watching. Right, and that's the Scorsese. He just needs to get over it. Like this is the this is a new medium. This is how people enjoy their content. They're gonna enjoy it when they want it. If the not everybody has the luxury or the time to go to the theaters. I mean, yeah, but, but he knew that because he yeah. put it for Netflix. So yeah, he's definitely getting with the times. Um, but it's good to hear that you know at least you're not like. Not, I don't say bored, but like not entertained the whole way. Through. I was thoroughly entertained. What the was the thing that like really captured the movie? Was it like was it the direction, or do you? Is it probably the three performances that are the, yeah? Of okay. course, of the three performances, Joe Pesci, um, Al, especially Al Pacino. But I just love I love Al Pacino. I just yeah. love like him as he's just him being him. Like <laughs> hey, hold on, you know you know how he, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't an actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He was like playing himself. It seemed like he was playing himself. And actually, I would say that for the three of them because you know. Joe Pesci, have you ever seen my cousin Vinny? Yes. See, I try to he, talk. Is to Is he Matt always playing an thing. angry? I mean, like, yeah. has he ever not played it? Even this when he's on like, Sesame Street, he's cursing out Elmo. So it's like, <laughs> this is like a, a a more distinguished cousin Vinny. Okay, all right. <laughs> he's like he's aged. I'm partial to uh, the Home Alone. <laughs> oh, of Pesci's course, like, yes, of course. But yeah, that's. I, I heard a lot of love for Pesci specifically when it comes to awards for that yes. movie, though. But but yeah, that's good to hear that the performances that. They don't like. I guess the the de aging doesn't even interfere. No. Cool. Interesting. And so, like, uh, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci are both nominated for uh, supporting actors in for the Golden Globes. But I was reading something that was saying that like Robert De Niro got snubbed for at least a, a nomination. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because I I think his I mean it, the story is from his point of view. Oh. Like you okay. you're right you're the three and a half hours primarily they did great but you spend your like you're feeling what he is feeling, right? 
It's so like so I guess he I guess he would be classified as a as a main. I would say I would say him to he's, be classified as a lead. He's a lead, right? Yeah, he's definitely the lead. He's definitely the lead in the movie. But it's just that's kind of surprising. Is he the Irishman? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, yeah, yeah. He's the. Yeah. But I mean, you learned that in the beginning of the movie. Okay, all right, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Not I like don't a, think it was like a big twist, but I mean, no, it could like, be. Oh, who's the Irishman? No. I mean, like, yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't. Yeah. That's like part of it. He like he was like because he gets like, accepted into the mafia, mm-hmm. but as uh, but he's like the only he's like the only Irishman in the clan. So that's okay. why he was. Oh, like, okay. They would refer to him as the Irishman. All right. Yeah. That's yeah. that's not that's not spoiler stuff. That's like tagline stuff. Yeah. So tagline, I just didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Um. So I guess Honey Boy, uh, written by Shia LaBeouf, directed by Alma Harrell. Um. She has other things that she's done. Nothing I've nothing I've seen. I really I really enjoyed it, but I do feel like I overhyped myself to go see this movie. Okay. I like I walked in there with a bigger expectation. Now, granted, it was really intense to watch. Right. Because it it goes through like a really like you basically you're watching his story, and then they go back and forth between uh, him as a child and him as an adult, like growing up in that environment as a child actor, and like his dad's what his dad did to him and then you know Shia LaBeouf plays his dad and like that's gonna be hard like to put yourself in your dad's mindset to try to and you know he does a really good job of of like not bashing his father like you feel there are times in the film where you actually feel sorry for his father and the things that like but then at the same time you see what like the abuse and stuff everything that happened it's definitely most definitely worth a watch um it's like you were witnessing like some sort of therapeutic exercise exactly you, but it's like it, it is like it does it feel like a piece of art i mean that's got i mean it, yeah you yeah. know most on the definitely. surface that yeah. it's like something raw he's telling us that's i don't know most definitely and actually do, do you feel like that should be uh, and like that should have been recognized yes n- not for shia labeouf i think he did well but i think the standout would was uh noah jupe who was uh he played the, the younger version. he played the younger version of him who was the kid from ford v ferrari right he was oh. Fan, like, like you really like felt like you were in this kid's head, like him as a little wow. kid, like, like points where he's like trying to be a man, and you know, his dad would come at him, and it's it was really it was very hard to see, and then he actually they um, Shia LaBeouf uh, did an interview with the Actors Roundtable that's going to come out in uh, uh, January nineteenth. You know, he said it, he quoted, said it wasn't a dream project. It felt like it was survival. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and then um, funny story. He actually, uh, he, when he originally wrote the story and pitched it, he wanted Mel Gibson to be, to play his dad. <laughs> oh, really? And that's how he pitched it to his dad. He told his dad, hey, um, sign this contract because uh, I'm going to get, I'm writing a story about you and I'm getting Mel Gibson to play you. He's too busy being Mark Wahlberg. So. Yeah, but his dad was so excited. He's like, "Well, yeah, I'll sign whatever if you're gonna get Braveheart to be to play me." <laughs> right. yeah. And then obviously that didn't, didn't happen. No, no, no. So, there was um, more stuff in the article. I'm gonna okay. post. I'll post the article in the show description so you guys can check it out. Nice. Okay. Uh, but overall, definitely, um, it's an Amazon. It's an Amazon movie, so you could wait till it comes. Oh, on. it is an Amazon. movie. It is an oh, Amazon. I did not yeah, know from that. Amazon okay, Studios. Cool. So, so if you can't go out to the theaters, just wait till it drops on Amazon. It's definitely worth a watch. Okay. Right. Still a possibility for Oscars, right? I think. I, I think mean, yeah. I would hope so. I mean, we don't know. I really, I really it's, would it's hope a smaller so. arena. But, if, right. if not anything, if not anything, at least for for Noah Jupe. Cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Anything else to add? Uh, Watchmen. And Watchmen. Yeah. All right. All right. So I watched a few things. I already talked about uh, watching uh, Titan season two. I uh, I watched it. I watched it. <laughs> 
makes myself laugh. All right. Um, I saw a, a TV show on Netflix called End of the Fucking World. Um, it just... <gasps> <laughs> I know, so I know. It, wow. <laughs> uh, it just uh, released its second season a few weeks ago, and it's it's a short it's a short series. Like it's eight episodes. Each episode is twenty minutes long, so it's like a four hour binge. And so I finished it in like two days. And uh, they, uh, for those who don't know, basically you're following a, a two main uh, two kids. Really, they're about seventeen or so. And they uh, committed a murder in season one, and then they're on the run, and that's basically. And then like it's really weird and quirky, and some can also be uh, some some of it can be like looked like it was comedic at times because I laughed at a, a lot of points. I, yeah. thought, I thought it wasn't it's not a comedy, but I, I it felt like one as well. Um, but it was just like the humor was weird, and like the whole show felt weird. And then they ended with a cliffhanger in season one, but then season two they kind of like jumped three years later and so you're kind of backtracking a little bit of what happened between those three years and then that's at some point it moves forward okay and so like i was actually quite surprised that the first episode they weren't featured at all so i'm like oh we're we're learning a different story right now and that that separate story kicked off the rest of the season of why they started with that first and then moving on to um our main two characters after that and so and then that kind of follows the well I, again the the events leading after the cliffhanger season one so i don't want to give that away if anyone's interested in watching it but i do think it's worth the watch especially it's a quick watch you're looking for something quick or um it's like it's a, it's enjoyable how many episodes per season eight eight okay. and about 20 minutes each so about four hours each season hmm. so that's about about a viewing of irishman <laughs> <laughs> there you go Irishman with a little with one well, extra. Well, that's how we measure things. Now. Yeah. <laughs> how, much, how much Irishman is? How it? much Irishman is? It? <laughs> well, not not a full Irishman. It's like it's like it's like an Irish. <laughs> <laughs> so I do recommend that. It was a it was a it was a good watch and thoroughly entertained out the whole way. Yeah. Um, I saw a movie called Blinded by the Light. Oh, I remember seeing the trailers for that. I was I always wanted to see. That's the one, the Bruce Springsteen movie. Yes. Hmm. So it's a. Um, a Pakistani family growing up in the UK and uh, he falls in love with Bruce Springsteen and so like he is changed he's from New Jersey he's so it's all over the place yes, exactly <laughs> and basically like um, it, it's almost like a musical journey uh, something similar to what yesterday was mm. but yesterday I, I feel like there was like three movies that came out this year that kind of fit around this bubble and I feel like it was Rocket Man and Yesterday and now Blinded by the Light. And it was like each one of those movies are just like a lyrical musical journey of like showcasing like that artist's work. But then each one was approached differently. So like with Rocket Man, you have some like it was basically a biopic of Elton John. Yeah. And then you have uh, Yesterday, which was showcasing songs from the Beatles, but it was if the Beatles was never made. So you had like this one guy recreating all the Beatles songs. And then in Blinded by the Light, it was more of a, a person who really understood Bruce Springsteen, was able to take his words and put it toward his life as, uh, as a, a Pakistani person living in, in, in a, like basically not in his country. Mm. And he was able to take his words and elevate it and also like overcome you know, like his family dramas because, you know, even uh, he was having struggles like having his father 
understand why he liked this specific type of music. So he performs it? Is that no, he, no he, he doesn't perform no? it. He just appreciates okay. it. He okay. loves the music and like he takes the words very literal. Mm. Like you'll see like uh um like I I can't I unfortunately I can't name a song, but there, he's listening to a song and like he's like walking away from something and then you see like the lyrics pop up on the mm. side oh, of the screen. Cool. And then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna do this, and then he like turns around, and then he does that thing. Oh, okay, I see. Okay, yeah. Hmm. So it's like he's mainly inspired, and this is based on a true story. At the end of it, this person has seen 150. He's been to 150 Bruce Springsteen's concerts, wow. and they like they showcased um, multiple interactions with him. Like you saw, like uh, photos of of them together and stuff like that so definitely they know each other obviously but it's basically like he was like a kid in uh high school going into uh college and like that was his transition in his life and then like his dad got laid off so like there was a point of money was an issue but he also wants to be a writer and so like his father didn't feel that writing was a job and he should be focusing on getting a real job and making money for the family and and then you know stuff like that it's like it's 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 like real um uh, points like real life moments yeah that you know then i guess for this for this person bruce springsteen was able to help him go through these big life moments and maybe help him become a better person after it or at least be able maybe to confront it i felt like he was able to confront his father it was like i yeah. want to do the things that i want to do yeah and this is you know this is my only chance i can do it and I, i'm sorry that i'm not going your way but this is something i need to do yeah like um I can really resonate with that. You know what I mean? Because like I remember growing up. Nah, I don't. And I everything that he's been through, but right. just like growing up, like during that middle school, high school period, and like you just find like that one band or that right. one artist that just really sits with you, and that's like that's like what you listen to to get you through like the hard times. For me, right. that's like Lincoln Park. Okay. So I I get that. I get that. I'm gonna. Have, it seems I'm gonna like have it was like a, a, around middle school that that was. Like, yeah. Who's your band? Who, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. that's like I like yeah. almost like cater to like who you were as a person you know because you knew right. that's what you what that person was like it was a coming to. of age thing yeah, yeah exactly pretty much and it, it did it didn't feel more of a it didn't feel like a coming of age but it also it did feel like it was as well yeah um yeah I, i'm not a i'm not a i don't think i probably know two bruce springsteen songs and so i'm not a big fan of his so like if you are then i feel like this is definitely a movie for you but if you're not like myself i still enjoyed the, the movie for the story it was trying to tell and I and also since it's based on a true story, it also has that weight to it as well. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I definitely recommend giving it a watch. Um, I also watched in preparation of Star Wars: The Empire of Dreams, the story of the Star Wars trilogy. And it's that's about, on Disney Plus. Right? It's on Disney Plus. You can also find it on Amazon. Love oh, okay. It. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it's a two and a half hour documentary of how Lucas got to be making uh, how how he made Star Wars and the struggles he had to go through to make Star Wars and pretty much everything that was happening around that time when Star Wars was 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 around and like the startup and everything and it starts off with uh, him in college and having a dream and then it kind of goes through that process all the way until Return of Jedi. So it's it was it was a really good watch and like a good start to what I am already late to my uh, journey to Star Wars. I feel like I'm doing a lot of Star Wars binging these next couple of days. Um, yeah, we've been spreading it out, but you're going to have it Yeah, I'm yeah, very concentrated. Very yeah. So I'm not not too happy about it, but I'm I'm that's what I'm going to do. That's that's wow. what I signed you're up for. You're committed to it. I wow. am. <laughs> like are you going to skip any? Uh, I at this stage of the game, I might have to. So as of right now, the two that are on the chopping block is Rogue One and Solo. 
and we'll start. We'll go from there. You can't put any episodes on the chopping block. No, and I guess that's the only two I can put on the chopping block. Yeah. Which yeah. now, if you had to pick between Solo and Rogue One, which one would you skip? Oh. Uh, Solo. I, I know. I just wanted to hear you say. I just wanted to hear you say. Well, I mean, right now I'm already skipping Rogue One, so that's already two down. So like, is this? Le- it's leaving me with the rest of the. Uh, I watched Rogue One today. See, I had to. I mean, every. I mean, for the past few times I've watched Rogue One, I immediately have to put in a New Hope right after. Right. Because I mean, it just takes off right before. So yes. I'm like, zoop, zoop, and with Disney Plus, I'm like, it was only a few clicks away. I had to put it in like a disc or anything. I'm like, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> go Leia. Go Leia. Go. After, you know, in watching them back to back, you really, I really, like I said last podcast, like I really enjoyed a New Hope much more. Like with appreciating like what they went through to yeah. get the plan. Because it says in that f- first scroll, it's like they've been through their first victory against the Empire. But when you actually get to see and experience their first victory against the Empire and yeah. like the momentum coming off of that, it's yeah, it's like they 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 made sure to really like get us geared up for this new for for well for an old trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got, yeah, I mean yeah, like exactly. for rewatching the first yeah. stuff. It was cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I. I might not but be skip feeling it. Yeah, <laughs> skip it. But yeah. skip it's cool, but skip it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, uh, so I, I really recommend watching that documentary. I thought it was a really good watch, and it's good. Like, if you don't know the history of Star Wars, I felt like this is a good one to watch. Um, and then I also watched uh, Jumanji The Next Level, and I was thoroughly enjoyed with yeah. what I saw. Um, Chris was there with me when we, we uh, <laughs> I was thoroughly enjoying uh, And then, yeah, and Chris was also there. And then, <laughs> yeah, Chris was there. Yeah, Chris was there. Yeah. I was having a good time, but then Chris was right next to me, so. Uh, <laughs> you made it sound like he had a having sour a, face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> having a slightly less enjoyable, enjoyable time. time. <laughs> no, I liked the movie. I just, I didn't think it was, it blew me away like it did with Matt, so it was. No, well, I, I, I really, I, yeah, I liked it more than I did the first one. I thought it elevated what the first one gave us. And Technically, the second one, and this is the third one. But I guess in a new trilogy. In a yeah, new yeah. Trilogy. <laughs> yes, I see what you're saying. Yes. Um, I thought they they took the characters, they took they put a spin on it, as you know from the trailers. Like they are not playing who they played in the first movie. So like, I don't. You know what? <laughs> the Rock playing Danny DeVito is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> it's downright <laughs> the funniest thing. I, that that money that that money that movie could offer okay um because like and then you he have, was stretching it there I mean like he was Dwayne he only plays one kind of character so when he is doing impersonation of it it's funny but it's not a great impersonation of <laughs> it's Dan not. Vito. so at times it was like okay come on is it really the I don't know it, funny yes but yes. does it always land as him being not in a chance it? Nah. no but I, I was I was happy either way <laughs> the times that it worked and the times that it didn't um and then like yeah there was uh, there was one element in that movie that was literally a game changer um and uh it was like it was very enjoyable to watch that play out and it just gave new life to that to the franchise of like this is something they can they could do uh moving forward and they did tease the next movie okay in Mm -hmm. like in the post end credit scene it was like a a little bit of a mid credit scene was it even credits in between there there was a little bit there was was the, 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 the 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 top you know, yeah, top of the line. Yeah, yeah I gotcha. Yeah. And uh, they tease what's coming for the next movie, and I'm all about it. Like, it's it looks like I like the direction they're going, and they're keeping the theme of, like, we're, we're going to keep changing the game. We're going to change the 
uh, the way we tell this story. While kind of going back to its roots. And, and, That's yeah, all I'll say. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's pushing forward, but it's also kind of going back to what people liked about maybe the first Jumanji. Right. Like, uh, Robin Williams style. No, yeah. not, not, not Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now that we got to like, clarify. Yeah, yeah, now that we have that yeah. clarified. Because <laughs> yeah. I grew up on the original. original and it's yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so it good. Is very good. Robin I remember when Zathura was Jumanji too. Yes. Yeah. I what think, I want to say I've seen that. They movie. made like the, a space board game. Yeah. And like, space things happen. My wife of jungle things. My happen. wife loves that movie and she made yeah. us watch it. Yeah, I like that. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's I think it's it's geared toward kids, but so is yeah. Jumanji. But either yeah, way, they sure, both right. are very similar. And I thought they're both were told very well. Mm. So I think Jumanji was a little bit better though. But either way, that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like I think uh, like they have a good chemistry. Karen Gillan. Uh, Jack Black, uh, Dwayne Johnson, and, and Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart yeah. Like good casting, and yeah, it's really good casting. You would think that that doesn't work, but it does, and it does it does work very well. Um, and the fact that we are focused on them for the majority of the movie is a big plus. Nothing to go against our younger uh, co-stars, I guess. And I think the they set them up better in this one. Though. They did. They I did. Like so they gave them better, more meaningful arcs. Right. I think. Mm-hmm. Set I them up but it was best movie. when they played with the best concept of the entire franchise, or right. the new franchise. Yes. When they play yeah. with the the characters, the the video game characters, avatar kind of thing. When they play with that concept, that it it, it shines. Oh, yeah. but there was a, there was a part where you start to feel like, oh no, I'm going through the paces of a video game again because they're stuck in the video game again and they have to get out in almost the same way but they already know how to get out so the stakes are lowered so they play with that with the comedy and like mixing up what's going on with the characters right. and i think that's very i don't know that was that was smart because it was veering off into this could be a you know one of those sequels like yeah. a bad like it is this but no i think with the tease they gave at the end too it's got legs to go on oh yeah no yeah. for sure and uh, I mean, even some disappointing news that came out of it. Like we heard that Jack Black, that yeah. might be his final movie, and I really hope it isn't. Yeah, come on, <laughs> I know, right? Like, like this movie was a box office. Uh, I wouldn't say it made a lot of money in the box office this week. It made sixty million dollars, uh, and it trumped uh, um, Frozen Two of the number one spot. Hmm. So, like, and then Frozen Two, like, <laughs> don't no boohoo tears for Frozen Two. It's still yeah, a lot they're, of money. Yeah, so yeah. They're, they're well off, but like yeah. it, was, it was bound to happen. Yeah, and if it didn't happen this week. Um, eventually they were going to get well Star Wars yeah. is definitely going to dethrone maybe. that yeah maybe maybe, maybe. maybe I don't still. know if there was another Alvin and Chipmunks movie <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be another squeakle another squeakle <laughs> um, but it's funny um, but uh, I I think it's worth the watch I think that's like a good like uh, I think I agree put, yeah, yeah, yeah I think putting this movie out on Christmas time is like a definition of this is fun for the whole family. Oh, okay. I think everyone, like the kids can enjoy it, the adults can understand it, uh, and not be like, ah, oh, this is another one of those. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's, it's, I really enjoy it. Because there's, there's an arc about, not to give too much away, but with Danny DeVito and Danny Glover in the movie, there is an arc about getting old. Right. So it's for your grandparents. You know, yeah. it's not just for, yeah, I think, I think they did a really good job, that, that's a good point, of, of getting like as many demographics as they can getting all age groups at a time when families are going to be together anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. And then they also added um, uh, Aquafina into the cast. And yeah. I thought she did a really good job. She's well. great. Yeah, yeah. She, okay. she, she blends in very nicely with the, with the mix of these, these characters. So definitely worth a watch. I think it's, I think it's good. One of those good Christmas movies. Wasn't Nick Jonas back? Wasn't he? In yeah. That yeah. Yeah. He's, he's yeah, back yeah. in there. Yeah. 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 He's, 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 they kind of played him the same they did in the first movie mm. where like they put him in there when they needed to put him in there. 
Oh, okay. Type of situation. Almost yeah. everybody's back from the first one, I feel like. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think they... they yeah, everyone, everyone came back for that. And they, this did the addition of uh, the three, Aquafina, Danny DeVito, and uh, Danny Glover. So, yeah. So, yeah, a good watch, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think we're all caught up with The Mandalorian? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm caught up. All right, so we're going to be spoiling... Uh, I think if they're listening by now, it's yeah. already, they've already been made aware. <laughs> so we're gonna be we're, we're all caught up with the Mandalorian. So we're gonna talk spoilers of the current episode, which is seven, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. So what? So what, what do you think? How, how do you how do you guys like moving forward with this? I'm enjoying it. It seems like it's gonna be like a weekly adventure. Like who who they gonna, who's the Mandalorian gonna get mixed up with this week? Right. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much it does feel like I feel like every episode. If you didn't, I feel like you can almost kind of sort of at some point watch this out of order. And yeah. you're okay. I, yeah, I can see kind that. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, once the obviously the first needs to be first, and like the second, well, I guess the first three need to be in order. But after that, like after you get to the first three episodes, four, five, six, and seven can be rearranged for the most part, and you're good to go. Or even if you never, if you just like happen to start on episode four uh, without knowing a lot of information of how he got to Baby Yoda. Um, it's still an enjoyable show regardless. Yes. No matter where you pick it up. Yeah, it's cool. It's structured in many ways, in multiple ways. It's it's going back to what George Lucas did with the original Star Wars and come, kind of going back on the non-Skywalker aspects of what made Star Wars so great. Yeah. Because he's, like like, like you're saying, it's, it's they're making it a way that you can kind of go in at any point. That's just like the... The, ser- the like the, the Saturday morning serials that mm. he used to watch and he was inspired by like Flash Gordon or the Western ones where they're that inspired you know the term cliffhanger where they put cliffhangers at the end of you know like to get you to watch the you know so tune in next week and see if our you know your the, your hero will live again or something yeah. like that it's like it feel it feels like they're doing that they have the the small kind of uh, glue to everything being his journey with this you know with Baby Yoda this yeah. bounty that he has but everything else seems like they're they're flexing that concept the, the the whole serials western concept but also the the samurai movies that george lucas was also inspired by and then you're going back even further and making the visuals look like it was right out of like baby yoda going in that like canyon is just like r2d2 walking around that canyon and they even get attacked by jawas like yeah. i mean like they're making sure to yeah. <laughs> to like approach the nostalgia of star wars and like the roots of star wars in a different way that force awakens didn't do but still did you know it still right. took the yeah yeah and i think that's i don't know and like the fact that some of these episodes can like get by with being completely silent that's pretty yeah. cool that's yeah. pretty i mean that, that shows that it has a strong concept that it can be i don't know that it can be told as almost like a storybook which is also something that star wars kind of started out as yep. so yeah in, in subtle ways, even though it seems so different, it's the first light. It's 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 the first of its kind in many ways. They're still making sure it's very rooted in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like I'm watching, I'm like, like I can't like. Okay, so the show is about him being the protector of this baby Yoda. At right. least for now. At yeah, least for, for now. now right. For now, it is just I'm I'm really enjoying the story direction and like like I just want to know what's going to happen next. He's right. he's a single father trying to make his way in the universe. <laughs> that's <laughs> honest. I mean that's that's what yes. that's what's resonating with so many people. Yes. I feel like it's it's he's he's not a good guy or bad guy. He's a guy with a job and he has somebody to look after. Yeah. And it's that simple thing that is so powerful that everybody is 
Yeah, and, and and just the fact, also the fact that Baby Yoda looks cute. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. like you had cute droids in the original Star Star Wars, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, sorry, R two, but they don't have like watery eyes, you know, that kind of thing. So there's just a lot of things that they're firing correctly, yeah. and like hiring Dave Filoni, who's been kind of like given the keys to the kingdom by George Lucas for so many years, even before the Disney acquisition, that he's making sure things aren't deviating. He's making yeah. sure that like stuff that George Lucas wanted for this franchise and that he himself kind of created back in Clone Wars and Rebels is reverberating into the series. And then with John Favreau, can't go wrong yeah. with John. Can't go wrong with John Favreau. <laughs> and th- th- they're apparently the the future of Star Wars too. Yeah. Yeah, they I think I read an article saying that um Kevin Feige, the president of uh of <laughs> uh, the president of Marvel Studios. Yeah. And John Favreau, who makes billions of dollars for for Disney and, and Marvel, and Marvel, and then you have Dave Filoni, who's been like the flagship of of the Star Wars animated shows and a pilot and a pilot in this yeah. last episode, <laughs> which is yeah. cool. And put them all together, and you have the made the potential future of Star Wars after Rise of Skywalker, which is it sounds exciting, but I just hope for like I'm I'm, a, I'm more of a Marvel fan than I am a Star Wars fan, and I'm like Kevin Feige, you can do whatever the hell you want. But just don't ruin those Marvel films, all right? Yeah. Just don't put too much. What are you saying? He can go ahead and ruin Star Wars, no, 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 all no, no, once, no, no, but no, he doesn't no. come back. And... No, no. What I'm saying is, is like, like don't like don't have too many. Uh, uh, what's what's the word? Don't don't over don't overdo yourself. Oh, like, okay. I, don't, I don't want something to lack. Oh, okay. Because uh, you're taking on. Don't take on more than you can handle. Right. Because then, like, uh, all empires must fall. Marvel is <laughs> eventually going to get bad, or there will be a period where it was bad. I mean, like, and, I'm and not it'll have a renaissance, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But well, you're wrong. You're, you're not right. <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> he, goes, he goes. You're wrong. <laughs> you're, you're wrong. <laughs> Very pointedly. Yeah. <laughs> you're wrong. I meant to say you're right, but my brain was like, mm, no, no. no. <laughs> how how so dare you? Freudian speak. slip. Say you really feel. Yeah. yeah. How dare you speak? Of the Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> you were saying, you're saying, you're saying I was right. That's yeah, all I remember. That's right. That's yeah. right. What yeah. you meant is that I was right. <laughs> about the Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, I I thought this episode started uh, episode seven started very sp- uh, abruptly. Abruptly. Yeah. 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 Because I felt like every. I was kind of looking forward to because I felt like there was a pattern that like, all right, what's the funny Baby Yoda thing that's going to happen at the beginning of the episode? Because that that's what I expected at this point. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they gave us something a little bit different. And it was like a completely different episode from what we've been given, which I felt like every episode has been. Yeah. Something like yeah. That. Halfway through, I turned to you and I'm like, it's a slasher movie now. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it like... became a slasher film. Yeah. And our main character became the Predator. He became Alien. He became... Oh, man, that was awesome. Yeah. That's... What? Which is something that they didn't do any sort of monster movie in the previous episodes. No. But, like, randomly, seven episodes in, we're going to be like, hey, we're just going to flip this and kind of make you feel like you're in a different genre. Yeah. And I like but the Bill they never Burr deviated cameo. from Star Wars. It always yeah. felt like Star Wars. How do they do that? I don't know. And I like the Bill Burr, I like the Bill Burr cameo. I didn't at first. When I really? heard he was going to be in it, I'm like, why, why are you in this? But that, who, who else do we have earlier in this season of Mandalorian where I'm like, you seem kind of out of place too. Uh, do we have Gina Rodriguez? Oh, no, from no, no, no. Uh, episode one and two, the, um, I have spoken. Oh, uh, Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Not even, well, his voice seemed fine. I don't know. Yeah. There was, there was some cameo where I was like, that's kind of weird that you're in there, but was it take um, in episode one? No. Cause that's a voice, I no, guess. Yeah. It's like, they, they always put like comedians. Yes. With the droid sometimes. Anyway, like it seemed kind of out of place. But oh, yeah, again, was. they always find a way to still make it seem 
like it's gel. Like, yeah, this was always yeah. supposed to happen. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, I think I was listening to another podcast and they were saying like, when do you think they take off the mask? And, but I, I don't think that's, that's the point of this show. And I, I hope they don't because they, I feel like a lot of people want to have that star power of like, we got to show you who our actor because the only reason why you're, you're even tuning in or maybe that's a few people's reasons why they're tuning in but yeah. uh, i don't feel the case for this one at all i feel like that they they can continue i think as of right now we're already seven episodes in and everyone's already like enthralled at what what's been given i don't think there's any reason to have him take off well i think it's important to keep questioning it because okay. you get to learn more about the mandalorian culture and you're kind of teasing him eventually becoming so comfortable with somebody that he will take off the mask. Because mm, yeah. we, we got that a little bit of his, like, oh, maybe could I have a wife situation with this right. lady in the village? And that, like, she wanted him to take off the mask. I think that episode was meant to, like, kind of tease that that might be... Not not like he's ditching everything that the Mandalorians... Like, ditching his culture in favor of, like, being with somebody. But I still feel like there is some sort of... He's closed off... And the helmet is would some somehow symbolize that he's overcome something yeah. later on in the series. But Open don't it do it don't do it yet, and don't make it like some sort of like, what does he look like under? The, I don't think that right. that kind of thing is that's going to be necessary. I think if I think if it were to happen, it would be a couple seasons. At least a couple I would, seasons. Okay, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. Like if that because that's a big that's like a big reveal. Yeah. Like yeah, that's a huge reveal to just that you just can't just waste on season one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and it's kind of I'm. And what I also like about this show is like I have no idea where we're going because every episode feels like it's a book in and of, in and of itself, which yeah. feels like his life as right. a bounty hunter. Yeah. Where do yeah. you go? It's just the next, just job to job. Yeah. So like the way the, and the way they decide to end this series, which is soon, I believe we have we're given a, the episode early this week because of Rise of Skywalker's uh, release to theaters on Friday. So then the Mandalorian episode eight comes out Wednesday, which they claim is a tie-in, which I'm not really sure. They're pitching it as like a tie-in to Rise of Skywalker. I've heard oh. that that word be used. So I don't know what you guys think hmm. would be some sort of... Unless... I mean, the only thing I can think of is they're going to be heavily dealing with the Force in Rise of Skywalker. Right. Baby Yoda uses the Force. That might be... I'm, I'm trying to think of any link of like, why does... Maybe why does the Empire after like the Emperor Falls, why do they want another young Yoda? Like that's the only connective tissue I can think of right. between yeah. these two shows. But it may not be. I don't I just I just like you said, they moved it before Rise of Skywalker. So why I don't guess know. we're gonna have to watch it. I guess so. Find out. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. But do you think it's plausible, or do you think this yeah, is like I think a, it's, I don't think a this marketing? Is, I, well, it could be. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both because, yeah. like, if you're a Star Wars fan, they figure that they might be losing out on viewership if everyone's rushing to see the next Star Wars movie. They don't so want to take away. They want to take away from the show. So if you push it, just a two. Like basically, it's the the it's the day before uh, where most of the Star Wars fans are gonna be watching a Thursday night. Yeah. So like if you like maybe like okay good I got my viewing in for Mandalorian I'm all caught up with that now I can watch uh, maybe Rise of Skywalker without thinking of I need to catch up on Mandalorian while I'm viewing this or it could be a little bit of both it could be that and then also like there could be a little bit of a story I feel like this show isn't here by accident so I there could be some small cameos tie-ins because this is before Force Awakens by a good few years but yeah how old is kylo you know right exactly that's a good point could we see like chewbacca carrying a little boy and it's like oh wait that's right yeah well, that's kylo, kylo and yeah. after learning his the end of his arc or like right before learning the end of his arc maybe some 
small little insight into his life before everything happened you know is gleaned when we watch mandalorian i don't know that'd be nice but i'm probably getting my hopes up but um it's possible it's just it would have to be stuff that was set up long before force awakens because there is a time detachment between mandalorian and rise of skywalker yeah i mean we're talking if it's five years after return of jedi the mandalorian takes place then there's good a good 25 years before we even get to force awakens and then probably i would say another two years maybe three years it's from force Awakens. i think they said it was like 30 30 yeah 30 years between return of the jedi and force awakens right and and this is five years after return of the jedi yes yeah. So like we're, we're 25 years to get to Force Awakens, but yeah. how how long between Force Awakens to Rise of Skywalker, do you think? Like how, but with Last Jedi in between all that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know because they always do year, yearly jumps in every single trilogy. I okay. think the biggest ones have been in like the prequels between Anakin growing up and getting lightsaber, getting his Jedi training. Right, that was kind right. of a big jump, but maybe no more than five years is the whole span of the trilogy. I okay. feel like with maybe a few years. I feel like the original trilogy was like that. I used to know exactly what it was, but it was like there's maybe a year or so in between A New Hope and Empire, but there's more in between Empire and... Uh, I'm, I might be getting that wrong. I used to know. But there's there's enough chunks that they're like, hey, you can fit in story in here later on whenever you want. Yeah, right. right. Um, which we'll probably be getting because, I mean, we're still getting stuff from... I mean, we're still mining that period in between prequels and the original right. trilogy yeah, yeah, yeah. that with Mandalorian we're just now kind of filling that gap in between but I guess they want to wait they want to wait until that whole trilogy is cap- capped off so they can really put stuff in like what if we're not getting a new trooper type or uh like ship or something like that yeah until Rise of Skywalker that when people put in those like anthology movies in between it'll make sense that it's there right like I feel yeah. like that's why they're waiting and they'll fill in that spot but Mandalorian is a good start Oh yeah, I no, feel like yeah. I'm doing that, but it's yeah. I mean, we could also be getting stuff after Rise of Skywalker that like caps off the end of that, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I don't. I don't think I would be surprised if we have any Mandalorian tie-ins, but I don't feel like it's something that should be expected. Okay, because yeah, I, I do fair. feel like that this can just be a standalone thing, and it's kind of like getting people hyped up for Star Wars when we're getting an end of. Of a, of a trilogy here we've been burned from shield before yes. when it comes to tie-ins <laughs> so to the to like main yes. movies so i feel like i feel like that part of me is like after the thor dark world tie-in they did with agents of shield like all right a tie-in can just be anything that just like some little loose like hey here's an artifact or like right oh look at this mess that thor made like <laughs> that kind of yeah. thing which you can easily i mean i don't know uh, maybe something that small in mandalorian will be nice but yeah. then again calling it a tie-in just for some side, like location that he goes to right, right. might be pushing it but yeah. i'm needless to say i'm very intrigued to see what to it see is. why they moved the date the episode yeah. it could just be yeah get people watching it tv in tv like on tv and more star on wars build up yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and then, pretty much and then and then i believe the season finale is right is the friday the following friday so you have wednesday episode eight uh, yeah, episode eight. Yeah, 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 episode eight. Then you have Rise of Skywalker on that Friday, and then the next Friday is the finale of Mandalorian. Also, that's the penultimate episode. It is right. That's so, why. So there's going to be some crazy shit happening at the end. Uh, I, it's, I'm hoping it does. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, so anything else to add for the Mandalorian? Uh, no. 
Oh, I, the the pilots at the end. That oh was yes, really cool yes, yes. That yeah. Dave Filoni was one of those pilots as well as Deborah Chow and uh, I can't say his last name, but Rick Famuyiwa. Uh, I can't say it, but like three of the uh, the directors that have been doing uh, Mandalorian episodes were just like, hey, let's you know, let's cameo let's as X wing pilots, and that's just so cool. Or that, maybe that's why they had Bill Burr on because Bill Burr is a pilot. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. But he's he a licensed helicopter helicopter cool. pilot. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So is Han Solo. I mean, Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> no. they're, they're all one of the same. That's right? yeah, yeah. I think it's all, I think he'd rather be Indiana Jones than I Han think Solo so too. Yeah. himself. Yeah, for a sure. lot of people would rather him yeah. be Han Solo. <laughs> all right, so we're going to continue our Star Wars talk. I know we got into a long Star Wars conversation already, uh, but we're going to continue that just a little bit later. But right now, we're going to talk about season one Watch of Watchmen. Me. We're going to be going. Full spoilers here. For all the season all one. All season one. So if you haven't watched it, go watch The Watchmen and come back. Or or just listen. If you don't care, just listen. Just listen. Because it's, it's an intense show. Told you. I, <laughs> <laughs> Ernesto, I think you're you're the first person to be like, Matt, are you watching The Watchmen? I'm like, no, I'll probably watch it later. He's like, watch it right now. You need to watch <laughs> it. You need to watch this show right now. And then, and then Chris, you were like, hey, have you watched it? I'm like, no, I'll watch it later. He's like... No, all right. You know, we can watch Titans later. You got to watch The Watchmen nah. right now. And I'm glad I did. Cause... Yeah, that was episode six, I think I watched. And I'm like, okay, this is must-see TV. You need yeah. To... yeah, you need to get on this. You need to get on it. And then there was a point where you stopped right before shit kicked off. <laughs> yeah, it was before, It was right before episode six. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man, okay. You're like, you're, you're, like, you're falling asleep. So I'm like, okay, we're not going to squeeze another one in tonight. <laughs> but and we need to friend. because I want to rewatch this. Like, that's why I told you. Like, I, I am on board for rewatching season one because of, like, the way that they drop stuff. Yes. And it's like, you yes. go back and you're like, they were telling us this the whole time. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, so our reactions uh, to, to the season. I really like the way they ended it. I think they gave season one a true ending. Like you can watch season one and just enjoy season one. It's its own thing. But that's all it is. Damon Lindelof structured it as a standalone season, unfortunately, which I hate (laughs) that he, that he's only planning to do one kind of standalone thing, but season two has not been confirmed. And it's not even like originally it wasn't even a possibility, but I feel (sighs) like the reception it gets, I mean, HBO is not going to want to let that go. I mean, they, they tried to hold on to Game of Thrones, right? You know, and they still got Westworld. But I mean, this is this is a whole other thing that they got on their hands. And I feel like, yeah, I, after the success, why? Maybe he just wants to take it one season at a time. Right. Make sure he does great, great storytelling. Not rush yeah. it. Like you can hype, then you can wait for us to come out with some good shit. <laughs> yeah, you want to take you want to take two years to make this. Take as many, take as long as you want. Yeah, because this is quality television. Here. Yes. But he ends it the same way they end the comic. It's like he leaves it entirely in our hands. I was, I was so like, get why, to that. Yeah. why? I mean, like, it's almost because it was such a good season of television, and they started with like where they want to end up too. So this is a very calculated effort. I mean, this is the guy who was kind of burned on how how Lost was structured at, at a certain point. It's like they the, the, like they were telling them, no, you're making more seasons of Lost, and like, but we don't know where to go if we don't have an ending. So since then, he's made sure where's the ending. This is a very like structured thing. That I don't know. It's I may, he said. I think he briefly said that if there is a season two, he might not even be a part of it. Wow. But, oh man. Wow. But, but then I don't know. This is just a series. testament to a good, good season of television. Correct. It's just, I, I guess not to be taken away. I think as much as I do appreciate the first season of what it is, maybe to continue this series, maybe kind of maybe mark it as an anthology series. So maybe tell a different story. In oh, that's, the a, good, that's a good idea. Yeah. So like it, the season mm-hmm. one is preserved. 
for what that story was trying to tell. Where's Night Owl? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> it's like really the only main person they didn't touch on, like their fate or anything. They just kind right. of showed us a few owls every now and then. Yeah. And you're like, remember him? But <laughs> he everybody was, he else was still was, a thing. Yeah, yeah. Was still a thing. Yeah. But I, I, so yeah, uh, the episode six was a game changer for for this series for sure. Yeah. I was saying for a while, like I watched the first three, and I'm like, it's it's good. Like I I'm I'm enjoying what I'm seeing, but. I'm not hooked. Mm. And I don't think I was hooked until after I saw episode six. Because when I was watching episode six and she she just took the nostalgia and she was going into a deep dive of her grandfather's past. And I was saying like, wow, without these five episodes leading up to this, you will be watching and like, what the fuck is going on (laughs) right now? Because there's like, it was very quick and the transitions were seamless of like opening doors and then sometimes it's Regina King and sometimes it's 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 a younger version of her grandfather and it's just back and forth and it's quick too because like they'll move the camera it's her grandfather it's they go move it again it's her and you got to remember that like without knowing what nostalgia is and knowing what type of universe you're in this this is it's it's all over the place. And they yeah. started off with the TV show inside a TV show to right. kind of set you up on the whole thing that they've been teasing for episodes beforehand. Right. But it's just like it's like Arrested Development, but without jokes. You know the way that right. they kind of they'll they'll throw something at you and kind of be like, "This is interesting." It may just be interesting by itself, but you'll probably see it come back later in a really cool way. Right? Yes. And more often than not, it was it came back in a really cool way. Like I mean, like even like the stylized fight scene that they had with Hood of Justice you see the actual version of it later in the on in the episode yeah. and like right. how it actually was told. And that, that, I mean, they're saying something about the way that we like tell stories and like how truth gets, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 it's great. It's great that they were able to make such a visually distinct episode, but it fits so well, you know, it did into fit, everything. Yeah. Yeah. but also like it felt out of place as well. Right. Like it fit, but, but she was out of her mind. She was out. Of, exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so like when, when you go from episode five to episode seven, you're almost like, whoa, I'm watching a different show right now. Like, it's like episode five and episode seven. It makes sense. The structure's there. But that one little bit right there takes you to a whole other world of, of what they, and then, like, the story they told. Like, you were fully engrossed in that. And also, it helps that it was a black and white, too. So, it really mm-hmm. felt out of place. Yeah. And then, like... And the way they filmed it with long takes. Right. Like, you felt they just, like, it's some one time it, like, went this way across the set. Uh, this is motion. They went to the right across the set, <laughs> then they went to the left across the set, and it was like time had passed in that pan. Right. Yeah. And that was really cool that like you not none of the rest of the, the season was filmed that way. So even the way it's being filmed is is that like the long takes, it wasn't trying to be like a one take the whole time. But right. it was close yeah. to it. And that kind of just going through and viewing someone else's life in that way was that was a great way to further set itself apart. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I really like how like they I liked how they dropped information throughout the whole series. Yeah. And like some some of it you didn't get. But like once I feel like if you were paying attention, once they revealed it, I felt like not only did that one thing that they were talking about made sense, a whole bunch of other shit yep. also made yeah. sense at the same time. And like we were, when Angela was first introduced, she's cracking eggs. Oh, really? oh yeah. yeah. She's making the smiley face with eggs for oh, her that's class. Right. That's and right. And there's a little bit of blood in one of the yolks or whatnot. But I'm just thinking, oh, yellow, smiley yeah, face, smiley. blood. Okay, it's cool. It's like, the, watchman, it's like yeah. the Watchmen. That's cool. And then you don't realize until the very end of the series, oh, eggs are kind of important. Yeah. <laughs> like, this whole egg thing is actually a pretty... a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I, uh, so yeah, from that the beginning, there's already little stuff like that that yep. just you could just go right over go your right head. Your so head. you can rewatch it and enjoy yeah. it in a different way. I, because I you know think this show deserves uh, at least two watches full through. Yep. One to like see how they presented all this stuff to you, and then I feel like a second viewing is like, oh my god, they 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 gave you they gave you the answer right right here. Yeah, answers right in your face. You appreciate the craft of how they told the story the yes. second time around, and it's and it's worthy of being you know appreciated. Right, so. and like the like, even you see like the first time you see an old man in a wheelchair. Like even like in the first episode, you have you they showcase a real life event that happened in Tulsa, right? Yeah. And then it, and like that that little story ended with a, a young boy holding a baby, and and fire and chaos is happening in the in, in like in the in the far far foreground background in, background. in, in the distance in the in distance. distance. Yeah, there you go. And uh, and then from there you realize at least at the very end of that episode. Not only is he the man in the wheelchair that we see that was the young boy, he also just hung a police officer. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, you're in a wheelchair. How did you do that? And not only throughout the series did you reveal, well, she has, there was a huge tie-in with uh, Angela. Right? Angela? No. Yeah. What? Is her name? Angela Avor? Yeah, 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 right. Angela, Angela. Yeah, there you go. Um, a huge connection with Angela, which was him being his grandfather. But then on top of that, you also later realize that the baby that he was holding ended up later oh, becoming yeah. his wife yeah. or yeah. girlfriend. Or it was, a, a it was his wife. His wife, yeah. yeah. And so you're like, whoa. Like, and then like, even even at that part, he was like, tell, let's tell a story we met. And like, all right, it's just going to be a cute story of how they met. And then like the way that they ended that. The sh- yeah, you they, can see it happen in the background. Right. And like, he's holding her. And you're like, no fucking way. It's like, it's like, it wasn't like a huge reveal at that moment because that episode offered bigger reveals. Yeah. But the fact that they even shocked you on maybe the little, littler moments, it's still like, it was those like quiet moments where they suddenly revealed to you just like on screen, like, oh, that, what, that's what? Like, I mean, with, with where Adrian was the entire time. Like that little bit of like, you know, he's getting into this thing. He's going to become a stat. Like that was, yes. that was yeah. really cool to just visually show. Yeah. That, that statue that they commented on briefly. That's him. That's that's him. I mean, like he's little stuff right like there. that, that yeah. not only are like allusions to the character in there somewhere, the actual character was in the background <laughs> and we didn't know because we thought he was a statue. I mean, yeah. like that's little stuff like that is great. But then, I mean, there are some things that are disappointing because if they're not doing a season two, where the elephant come from and right. who's lube man yeah <laughs> you know yeah yeah and I, I, I felt like it, they could have been just moments just because like we're already a weird show let's just put some weird shit in it and i yeah. did hear that they confirmed that pd is lube man they have some hbo has some official website called like pdpedia and they put in like official memo that he's been like fired from the fbi because he was found he's found to have possible vigilante like tendencies and he was found with some sort of like canola oil type something like, yeah yeah so in in a weird way outside the series hbo kind of confirmed that that random little interaction that she had for some reason i still right. don't quite understand how it fits into the story but yeah. that was at least capped off yeah gave it um, some sort of an ending for those yeah, who yeah, wanted yeah. It. or some explanation for yeah. the weird crap that they right. want to put in this and, and at least go back to the elephant thing. i mean elephants right. never forget that's that's the only thing I could think of. Right. Like, but nobody blatantly says, "Hey, we use elephants for their ability to, you know, retain memory." So right. it's like yeah. without that kind of little bit of exposition, which Lady True was giving a lot of that kind of stuff right. throughout the, the. So it feels like yeah. me like it seemed like a pretty big reveal too. That like the whole time you think she sucked up to her grandfather, and then it's a elephant. That there's no real. I guess everything gets so elevated 
so quickly. Yeah. Because right. they, they set up like a few, ep- like in episode seven, it's like, we got 12 hours till this millennium clock going to start doing whatever it does. Yeah. Right. And so that was, they kind of set themselves on a, I, I feel like it could have done with one more episode to kind of flesh mm. out things yeah. a little bit more. Um, and it would be 10 episodes. I mean, like, yeah, that's, I don't like know why HBO. they kind of kept it at nine, but anyway, I mean like I, not to knock it, like there's some things that like a few things where it's like, I don't know what happened. And those are really like my only nitpicks right. to the season. So that's not really a knock on it. It's kind of just because you wanted more. Yeah, exactly. I wanted, I wanted answers <laughs> yeah. because I think the the thing that I like most about the show is what they, the world building and how they remix the original to make it feel like Watchmen without it being Watchmen. I remember watching episode one and going like, is this really even Watchmen? A lot of people were like, this yeah, isn't Watchmen. Exactly. And then as you watch the show, you're like, this is very, very Watchmen. Watchmen yeah. yeah, But it's perfectly set in the time frame that they gave it. And they gave that world room to breathe with no internet. Everybody's using beepers. <laughs> like police guns are locked with, they need like... Oh, that Confirm- was the, yeah. Getting yeah. Robert Redford has get been president gun. for years. Yeah. Like like stuff like that. Like falling squid in the sky. Yeah. Like even their movies. Or like the where they got where they focus their pop culture that because superheroes happen in real life, they don't care about superheroes. Pirates are the real thing. Right. Like <laughs> it, the world building that they did in that show is really good. And then the fact that they make sure it ties back into the 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 feel of Watchmen and mm-hmm. the story itself, that's just that's yeah. And Damon really- Lindelof said he put two kinds of people in his writer's room and it was split half and half. It was people who know about Watchmen and people who don't know about Watchmen, like Ooh. the source material because he wanted two types of people to watch the, like watch the, the pilot and go, yeah. and he wanted the person to not know anything about Watchmen to turn to the person that did know about Watchmen and go, what the hell just happened? And that person turns back to them and goes, I don't know. That's what he <laughs> wanted from the first one. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much what he got that, he he did the impossible what people are doing with reboots and remakes and everything that you're appeasing the original fan base staying true to the original while giving us something new because we want the same thing only different yeah right, and that's right. yeah and it, and it, and it had a perfect blend yeah. yeah it did and like even the way that uh, lady true was even introduced they introduced her in a way as like i'm rich i have all this money i want to give you something that you've always wanted here's this baby now you have 10 seconds to sign this thing yeah. so we can, you can get the fuck out of here yeah and i'm gonna give you all this money i'm gonna give you this baby so you can start a new life and i just need this right now you are in the way of what i need and i'm gonna give you instead of like because she had the power of just killing them and taking what she wants yeah. and instead she did it very uh diplomatically dip, yeah exactly and who knew that it's like and like it was like such like an empowering scene of like introducing a new character and then you forget like that she obviously the reason was because there was like this spacecraft landing in in that area and she wanted to control that area now that was the only time we've ever saw that moment and so like it was a cool way to introduce a character while also putting a little tidbit of what eventually would be the arrival of mandius is that correct Ozymandias. Ozymandias. Oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. I guess that was. I just like, put that. that, that, <laughs> that yeah, that's that where together. she. That's where she built her her, her whole factory. Yeah. And, right. Yeah, she built the. And the, he. So he was a statue since that moment. He came. Yeah, in that must that have moment. been when he arrived. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so for for me, I took that as like, wow, like we did world building. We did something that we're not even gonna talk about. Really, it's like they they never really told you all this stuff happened. They visually planted it in there yeah. to then later find out again if you're paying attention that like this is the it's almost like you have a whole bunch of puzzle pieces 
And in each episode, you're putting these puzzle pieces together. Like, oh, there's that one little tidbit that that kind of makes sense. That kinda, you put that right here. And then eventually you got a whole story that somewhat was told literally. And then you have other parts that were just like dropped in there. And the other parts... Because you have a character who doesn't experience time literally. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to... I love that, that was also concept. cool that yeah. they make sure that these episodes that focus on the characters resonate with those characters in a really meaningful way. Yes. Like you have... Even, even with stuff... I mean, the... Hood of Justice episode, very stylized. Right. And even the way that they chopped up the Dr. Manhattan episode, mm -hmm. very, very unique. But something less unique with the Lori, the introduction of Lori Blake when she's talking in the booth. Yeah. Like those little jokes in between, and it's all about her past, and it's right. all about jokes. She's the daughter of the comedian. It's all intertwined into who she is as a character. Mm. And that was all, I mean, like, that's really cool that even if it's not a special kind of episode, it almost was. I mean, she kind of like was like it was yeah. like a cop procedural episode. Yeah, she was kind of working yeah. for the FBI. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess I take that back. But anyway, it's like it's cool that they. It really feels like a show where they got into a writer's room and really wanted to take care of us as an audience. Right. They yes. wanted to make sure that we felt like we had a good full meal after experiencing yeah. <laughs> one. And I guess coming off the heels of watching something like Titans, where it they're kind of kind of making this up as I go along and that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. is well, it's just really refreshing to yeah. watch. It's like, I, I don't know. It's that's you want, you kind of want to feel like you're taken care of right. in, yeah. when you're watching a TV show. If you're watching something like week to week or something like that, you want to make sure you get the kind of stuff you want from it, but that the writers are smart enough that they take you on this journey and stuff like yeah. that. And I think that, right. I don't know, that's, that's one of the highlights of the show. You just want to be like, they make you feel like, Oh man, that like I wasn't cheated. Like they yeah. really, yeah. like they really took the time to write it correctly. Right. And they're not. Yeah. And they're not treating me like I'm stupid. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They're not, they're, yes. they're, they're, they're making us, go oh i should have seen that coming without making us feel like yeah. idiots right. <laughs> yes. Yes, sure. yeah, but they yeah. also give you enough to make you want to go back and learn more about the series like yeah to go or back. about history because that that's initially how yeah. it started yeah. with the, the tulsa massacre like damon lindelof learned about this was amazed and like embarrassed ashamed that he didn't know about it and that not not enough people know about it and he he said no he denied getting Watchmen from hbo like twice already oh, wow. and on the third time he was looking at something he, he learned about the tulsa massacre wanted to do something about it and then the hbo the third time was calling him was like uh he, he was looking at the tulsa massacre going like it's not my story to tell and then hbo calls him up hey uh i know this is the third time but you, will you do hbo will you do Watchmen? and he's like no it's not my story to tell and he's like oh maybe this is how i tell the story is i tell two stories i'm not supposed to tell like i don't feel like <laughs> yeah he's like alan moore should be doing you know like Watchmen. i'm not I, I i shouldn't be touching these stories right but he did he got he got the right people together in the writer's room a group of like 12 people or whatnot and created something that was both Watchmen and not Watchmen. and like what was really going on in america right now it's like this yeah. i don't know i think for it, that reason like that he that it had a message behind it rather than we have the property of Watchmen. Let's redo it again. Let's, right. it was all based. He didn't want to do the story until he felt like he had something legitimately meaningful to tell. Right. And that, that I think is showing because everybody's loving the series. Yeah. I feel like if more projects were like that and were like based around that feeling of you want to get this message across, I don't know, instead of, we have this thing. What do we do with it? Right. You know, let's yeah. make it what people want. Like, right. don't make something that people want. Or make, people say want, something. Or what know? they don't think they need. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah, that too. And then the same 
who and in the same he didn't he make the leftovers yes yeah like between i think between lost and this he made leftovers and like a few other like a bunch of like pilots and have stuff. you seen the leftovers i have not but i heard it's really good i heard it's i saw i started watching it yeah and it is intense really okay. we talked about it a little bit yeah, a little, bit, uh, last week, little yeah. bit last week but it's like it's about the rapture and like like yeah. what happens you know the yeah. people who the are people left, left behind left yeah. behind and it's <laughs> It's really intense. I think after watching this, I want to go back and watch that and like watch it as I watched Watchmen. Like I really give like, it its yeah. ju- really give it the time. He's yeah. he just like okay, so he makes stuff that you gotta really pay attention to. Right. Yeah. yeah. And not only that is like, look, you might not get it in the first go around, which I felt like maybe that upset a lot of people when they watched the first episode of Watchmen because yeah. when that first episode dropped, people were bashing it like like you're saying, this isn't Watchmen, this is a race mo- this is a race show, this is not what I signed up for, but like give it time to eight, breathe. Eight, yeah. yeah, it's like when you go back and like when you go back as a whole, that episode was just Watchmen, just as much Watchmen as the the whole series was. Yeah. You just didn't know it yet. Yeah. You just didn't understand it yet. Yeah. And you gave that show its due and it told you a well-crafted story. Correct. I loved uh, uh, Oz, uh, Mandia's story. Adrian, Adrian Veidt. Adrian yeah. Veidt. And he, you know, it was like the, it was like a vignette almost. It was like, it was a story that was just a standalone and he, and he just didn't get it. Like, I understand yeah. why it was here, but eventually <laughs> after it happened so many times, you got it. And then yeah. especially with the finale, I was like, wow, I really get it now. Like you understand what he was trying to do. He was isolated trying to get out trying to entertain himself i thought it was a very funny line at the at the finale where he's like um he kills off he's like i just wanted an average like a worthy adversary he's like yeah, was yeah. i a worthy adversary he goes no i was gonna say this i literally that was one of the things i wrote down to bring up i was like that is so fucked up <laughs> he's like i tried so hard he's like did i make it no 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 <laughs> but, just but you entertain me but you entertain me yeah. but did you notice he died before he told before he heard him say that last line Oh, oh, really? Okay. So Sorry, he didn't even get that satisfaction. <laughs> at least, at least that when I at least when, like maybe I'll see it differently when I go back. But like, yeah. like when I saw, it, I was like, damn. So he didn't even get the satisfaction knowing he gave him some sort of thrill. All, All right. he heard was, <laughs> no, nope. And, <laughs> and then even uh, uh, the way that they started the episode where he was like recording his bit of like, here's the here's here's the mm. real life. Here's exactly what happened. Here's yeah, yeah. the big the the big twist, more or less. Um, not twist, but like for the world, they didn't know. Here's the truth. And you had like this random maid walking in there, finds a sample of a sperm and just, <laughs> just, I'm going to make a baby now. While she's yeah. staring at Alexander the Great. <laughs> yeah. Which is like the person who he like idolized. Idolized, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden it kicks off to where the soon to be daughter uh, comes in and it, it just, it's crazy. It, yeah. Mother, the mother daughter. The mother daughter. Yeah. <laughs> the mother daughter. You cloned your mother. <laughs> and that she was like smart enough to know. Yeah. 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 I told you he'd bring it up. Yeah, I told you he'd bring it up. First yeah. He's just as smart as he is. Right, like, obviously exactly. not smart enough. Right. Exactly. Um, but it was, it was great that after that scene, like they, the daughter came to visit him in his, in his office study, what evil lay or whatever. And, um, and he was like, you're never, I'm never going to call you daughter. You just, you just stole like you're offering you want you want me to do a handout for forty two billion dollars to build this whatever machine to so you can get the gratification of of whatever you want to do in life like I didn't I I had an inheritance I have an inheritance and I dropped it all and I wanted to start from the ground up to make my from come from something I don't want to I want to come from nothing yeah right exactly and that, that essentially that's what she ended up doing I, I, yeah. I assume anyway is to come from nothing to build the same thing, the same way he did but I thought it was a great well 
No, she did buy his company. They made oh, she that did? pretty. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I was mistaken. Uh, <laughs> she took it after he went off to Europa. He got. She kind of like took up all or all his resources. But okay. I mean, I think she was something of a self-made. She she pr- approached him approached him as being the smartest woman in the universe when right, she first meets right. him. Yeah, exactly. So it, she might have had the resources, but she definitely had the intelligence to match her father. Right, exactly. Or you know what? Yeah. In the end, I think Damon Lindelof kind of shows that Ozymandias wasn't a genius, and neither was true. They're just the ones telling everybody they are. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And and in that scene where she says like I'm like I'm never going to call you my daughter mm-hmm. or like you're not my daughter you're just who you are and then earlier you see him uh earlier in the in right the all season. you see is save me d and d. you don't know what the rest of the word is right oh. and they did that because everybody's like oh he's it's saying doc- save me dr manhattan. manhattan he's in right. space yeah dr manhattan's gonna see me exactly and then it's yeah it's cool that you think even the stuff that they drop that you you give yourself an answer for right they're like no no no, no. you were wrong you were wrong it's yep. this and also yeah and then I don't know. And then you're amazed that like, oh, you did that? That was really cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like, again, one of those small moments where if you were paying attention and you had the same thought, you're just like, you were as surprised as for the small moments as you were for the big moments yeah. of throughout this whole series. Yeah, they didn't say it. I mean, they said it later, but I mean, like he's taking off and you can see it and then you like, boom, you get an answer. It's like right. sometimes they they would release the, the information like a one-off like line or the way a character says something like, explains heaven to kids you know right. little stuff like that that now makes so much more sense in hindsight that of course he did it in some sort of like detached robotic ways because <laughs> deep down in there he was this detached like non-human exactly and like that just logical thinking so if i don't know i i think it when when these uh, award season come back around again because right. i know that watchman did not yeah make i did not the make cut. the cut yeah so like we have to wait till 2021 for these awards to happen for yeah. watchman i think jeremy irons deserves yeah. A nomination for that performance. I guess I, I mean Regina people. King. But, Regina King, yeah, yeah her yeah, as well. Yeah. But I really liked his performance. Like I wasn't into it at first, but then as the story continues, and even like he had a he had an arc. He yeah. came from isolation, and like I ended up liking him at the end of it, and I thought he was a dick the, the, <laughs> the whole the, the whole time. Uh, I don't know why. Well, that's kind of like the opposite of the the comic book is that you think he's a hero like everybody else, and right. then you learn he's a dick and he killed three million people. Right, exactly. So, and it's almost like, and then they kind of made that justice. He's like uh, at the very end of it, uh, Laura, Laurie Blake, Laurie Blake, and, and uh, uh, Looking Glass. Yeah, was like he he was like mirror guy, <laughs> yeah, mirror guy, <laughs> and he was like, here's your ride home, goodbye everybody. And he's like, uh, no, you killed three million people. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna arrest you right now. Yeah, and, and they take him in the actual the original. Uh, archimedes archie like uh thing that they had like what is it called the vehicle which know. is another allusion to night owl and they never show him again <laughs> which oh, is just interesting oh, yeah, that yeah. they they keep on like showing his gadgets showing owls but they never actually tell us what happened to the guy i wonder but, why I, would, I mean you would think that that might be something that you would save for a say a season two right but if but, that was never the well i think his whole goal was that he wanted to after being night owl for so long he eventually wanted to have a normal life that's i think right. that's where they that's end right. him in, in, the the, in the comics, right. that yeah. both he and Lori kind of go off together. Right. I thought that because she's seem seemingly single now, and really only pining for Doctor Manhattan still, that they would be like, "Oh, this happened with their marriage or whatever." If they, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But we never got that. Right. But um, maybe it was on purpose because the character wanted to be out of the the limelight, and maybe that's what they did in the story oh, itself yeah. to That's give him like his yeah. a good ending is actually allow him 
to ride off into the sunset when he wanted to back in 85, you know, whatever. And right. Tell the story that way. So I, I, I like that. I'll, 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 yeah, that's my headcanon. There you go. Until they say otherwise, we're, that's, we're that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's important to take out if you want that to do anything with that universe. You have to somehow take out that god that lives in the universe. I can literally just snap his fingers and fix anything. Or like put him into a body for a little bit so he can yeah. so he can't see. I like how they did that. That they were able to make sure he could say everything he needed to say about time and what he's experienced. Right. But I don't know. Also give him the exile that we all thought he got on Mars, but in a different way. Yeah. Right. He, 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 he was given a different exile. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like <laughs> self, he wanted to do it right. himself. He, did do it himself. Yeah, he yeah. instead of detaching himself from humanity, like we all think he does, he does the exact opposite. He becomes a human and sheds everything else. Right. Cool yeah. reversal. And another way that this is like, again, like a remix of it, of, the original Watchmen, uh, and I guess why people didn't think it seemed like Watchmen at first is like not. I mean, when you're listening to a remix, not every, you don't always know that you're listening to the remix of that song, right? Yeah, at the beginning until it kind of until you get that the, the drop or whatever. And yeah, I yeah. feel like one of those episodes, maybe like around like the four or five range, it really gets into you're in full Watchmen mode now. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I. I I think six for me. Was yeah, I'll say like, six for me. Was there was the point where we got into like I I, I just say five because you get all of Looking Glasses like oh, backstory, but you get to see a pivotal moment that we never saw in the first live action adaptation of Watchmen. You get to see Ozymandias's speech. Oh, speech. No, I mean uh, no, his hit the destruction. You literally oh, that's see right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. destruction stretching all the way into New, New Jersey. I think is where he was. Yeah, yeah. So you get to literally see an image. That now in hindsight, seeing that, why wasn't that in Zack Snyder's movie? Like, why why did they not make that the ending? Yeah, like right. this stuff, like that. When they started doing that and showing like really really important moments, that was the beginning of it. Obviously, giving the origin story to Hood of Justice was even more momentous than just showing, hey, this this is what the squid looked like. Right. But th- I think yeah, for me that was like the beginning of you really are telling the Watchmen story your own way. That's a good point. That's a, yeah. that's a good point. I, I take that back. <laughs> no, no, but he, he brought up a good point that I didn't think about. So right. that, so I, I kind of, and you I also get Ozymandias in like, you know, telling that, like even telling Robert Redford or whoever, like this is the whole thing. So even if people didn't know about the comic or the story, they were still like letting you, like having your mind blown at the moment that he gets his mind blown. Right. And they, yeah. did, they started the finale with him filming the video. Yes, they did. Yeah. yeah. So right. that's kind of, yeah, cool. it goes back. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool how they made it go back like that. Yeah. Um, cool, little, yeah. cool little fun facts that I, that I was, uh, I watched like an explain video mm-hmm. and they showcase of how, um, uh, Cal Abar, he, throughout the episode, he was, because Angela was in the, in uh, Lady True's, um, facility yeah. and he was trying to get to her the whole time they were he was wearing blue yep he was i noticed that the second time around oh, and like, when yeah. you didn't know i'm i'm like oh, i want to say this right now <laughs> but he's wearing a blue shirt yeah, like a power ranger like you know you know which power ranger you are because of the color you wear yeah. but he's giving you know uh, he was also driving a blue car oh, um there was there were there were hints of blue throughout the whole series and, and so, not series but like with him in Seriously. that episode yeah yeah specifically um, but yeah, like they really, they really put it there, right there for you to see. Um, and it's, it's great when those moments pay off when you go back like, oh man, yeah. like I really enjoyed the title sequences as well. Yeah. Like how they, yeah. how they played it in every episode, like the way they would like fill the frame like that. It just became a way of you, like you're walking into the episode like that. Right. I'm so happy they didn't go with the generic, like 
and enter your like uh oh, theme. Theme. yeah like the, the, yeah exactly yeah. the moody uh, what am i it's not a theme song but it's like the the intro i guess yeah. to every yeah. episode like, like Game of there is like a copy paste yes of these yes, kind of yes. yeah that uh, i know we've talked about before you know back in the the old show and whatnot that right. it's just something that tv shows still do nowadays that it's almost kind of like yeah we kind of miss the 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 theme of game of thrones at the beginning or yeah. whatnot but like when you just have the word watchman and it just goes into the story it's like it's it's refreshing because you're not yeah. like it sets itself apart from other shows even more so than it already is. Yep. So I yeah I appreciate it and it's like they they, they waste no time giving you like a blank screen with the title on it. They right. tell you right away that they, they they give you the action while giving you the title. Right. Yep. Right. Like they really wanted to chew all of, like look we got an hour and a bit to tell the story we need yeah. all of that time we don't have time to waste on an intro <laughs> we got story to tell and clever titles too yeah, I gotta sure. give it yeah. up to a man walks into a bar yeah a man for the, walks uh, into a bar, for the yeah. eighth episode that's hilarious <laughs> yeah. oh and a god a god walks into, into a, bar. a bar that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> another clever title a clever title which I who who would have thought that uh, Lori Blake's uh, dildo which was oh right it was called Excalibur yeah X Cal Abar, yeah. and because Doctor Manhattan was her ex, yeah. and so like that's so weird to have this in here, but it but it works, and <laughs> yeah. it's so weird. Like, that's an, it's, that's an Easter egg, but it works so well. And I was I I, I the the see how they fly the title for the the finale episode. Mm-hmm. I, I told you I like yeah. I, I I thought maybe that's the Beatles song. They play the Beatles song at the end. Still didn't know why they're playing "I Am the Walrus." It's because there's that line "I Am the Eggman." I am the walrus. Oh, okay. They keep on chanting, I am the egg man. And then after everything that's going on with an egg, right, exactly. that's why they, Makes that's sense. why they called it. But it's like this one off line, see how they fly to be the title of the thing. Right. That you're not, you wouldn't draw the line from, Oh, see how they fly Beatles egg. Oh, he's, I mean, but they do. They, yeah, they, yeah, draw, yeah, they, they, they did. You, yeah, they did. <laughs> now I can say those words and you, you have like a brain connect that you, you can connect yes. the yeah. dots between those, which is, bizarre that they were able to do that so well yeah and i i really do appreciate it kind of like we were saying this whole time like the bookend of this series of this season of how how the comic ended where like uh shot rorschach 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 yeah um he gave his his like here's here's the journal here's a journal learned of what he he learned before he died and like this is you can do with this information what you will you can expose uh ozymandias or you can, you know, either way, it's up to you, more or less. I leave it entirely in your hands. Right. Yeah. And then in this case, we don't have that in this season, but we do have like a, a what if moment, sort yeah, of. Yeah, I feel of, like, yeah, definitely, yeah. Of her right before, like she, she eats the egg and like, am I a god? I don't know. This has felt like Inception when you're looking for the top to spin. It's like, <laughs> yeah. is she really going to step on water? Like, I think, because I, I, I watched the episode twice, once because I kind of fell asleep. And then the other one, I was fully awake, but <laughs> I'm getting shaking heads here. <laughs> I was, in agreement. In agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, good thing you rewatched it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but like, she touched the water like ever so slightly. So her foot definitely hit it. But it cut right before you can see it actually any go. Any pressure. Yeah. Any pressure, right. So they really, you just don't know. But I, I'd like to assume that she's a god now. But that's the whole point. Right, I mean, exactly. like, that's the, it's it's kind of cool that it's, it's not, I mean, yeah, again, not the same as what they did before, but they still give you that question. Yeah. Right. It's up to you to make your own interpretation of what comes next. Pretty much. and Unless we get a season two. Unless you. Unless you. <laughs> or, unless, it, but if they could tell another story in season two. Yeah, too. I, I kind of like the idea of like, because like this was such, in more or less reason, like a perfect season. Yeah. Like, it, I feel like it's, 
whatever you do, I feel like it's not going to get any better than this. And I could be wrong, but uh, if the, the creator of the show is already saying that he's maybe not going to be part of season two, then I just rather them tell a completely different story within this universe than trying to branch off of something that was amazing. Yeah. So, because you only diminish like what how great season one is, right? Exactly. But at all least right. we have all those things to go back and rewatch because For it's full sure. of that stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts before we move on? No, just I'm I'm excited to go and rewatch it now. Yes. Yeah. It's, I feel like it's definitely one of those shows you can. It's an easily rewatchable show, knowing how everything plays out. Because now you're just looking. Oh, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross. Got to say that. Their their whole their score for the entire oh, yeah, oh show. Okay. Yeah, yeah that was amazing like that I mean the original theme that they gave uh, Sister Night was awesome it yes. really got you oh yeah like we're, we're, <laughs> we're doing some vigilante stuff now and then uh, but even the, every single time that they took a an original song kind of like in the same way that Westworld took uh, like Paint It Black and right. they took Claire de Lune. Whenever Ozymandias did something, he's out in the uh, in in space. They did uh, "Is There Life on Mars?" David Bowie. When you know the moment that we know who Doctor Manhattan is, right. they play "Life on Mars." They do an amazing rendition of that, and then they did like you know there was a rendition of uh, "I Am the Walrus" by the Beatles right. at the end, and just like that, they, it was perfect song choice. And then the way that they like. I don't know, they scored it and made it feel very moody and eerie. Right. Same, I mean, that's why they won the Oscar for Social Network. Right, so I, yeah. I, I, I'm really glad that they attached a non-traditional sounding composer or yeah. composers. Instead of just taking to, like the original track yeah. and putting it in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the sound, I, uh, when, when, you, when you mentioned that, it made yeah. me think of the, the scenes where uh, Angela and Dr. Manhattan, like it, like the the score that they used, I, I I can't really pinpoint it right now, but I remember being very distinctly mm-hmm. used every time it was like a romantic, yeah. loving, intimate moment, and or even like a sad moment in general. Like they used that same ish score, and then you know that made me think of like this this at the end of the day it ended up turning into some sort of a love story. Angela's character was way different from before the nostalgia and after the nostalgia. Yep. Yeah. I don't think she ever put back on the the Silent Night. Persona. Night, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Silent Night, Christmas. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Sister Night. Yeah. Um, I don't think she ever put. I don't think she ever put back on nope. the the, the what, what the paint or. It's like spray paint. Spray paint. Yeah, yeah. She never put back on the hood. She didn't do any of that. Like once, like uh, because she uh, then they really focus on her her connection with her husband, which we later find out with Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. And, the theme like, of why we wear why we wear masks have been from the beginning. A part of it so to see right. part of her arc meant getting rid of the mask right that was pretty cool and, and i mean like, a, a lot of it was also entwined in like do i tell my kids and that was also resolved right. like quietly too right. we didn't right. have to have a conversation between her and topher to know topher knows what she does and he approves right because yeah, they show her you know they open the thing yeah. and they see her costume hanging up it's like oh they know and good acting yeah. on that kid. yes the, yeah. the kid's face said everything he needed yes. to say oh, exactly yeah i got it yeah, <laughs> it was almost like like uh, angela's face was kind of like like it was like a silent nod. It was like, yeah, that's that's me. And yeah, and he always seemed like he was always had mature enough. Yeah, to know, he, he felt like, like, he, like was, he, even yeah. like the the when the the cop died, the very beginning. Uh, Cor- oh Crawford. yeah, you you can see that he's matured far more than what his age is because he's like, yeah, cops die. He's like, he already has this right, like, exactly. de- desensitized like detachment to right. things like that. It's, he's like, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell my sisters in the morning. Yeah, or something. yeah. like I'll I'll take care of that. Don't worry about that, mom. Well, how intense that environment was kind of probably made it so. 
like right you know like okay this is just how it is right yeah all they right. kind of, they kind of think like if they do a season two, they might be doing a thing where Lori Blake kind of saw that her parents used to be vigilantes and she oh, eventually yeah. became one. I don't know. They might do that yeah. plot thread there because that's I don't know if they're trying to parallel what used to go on. They could still do that, but hope there's a season two. But yeah, we'll see. I, I feel like I'm indifferent with that. Like I want a season right, two. Right, I'm torn. I'm torn. Yeah. yeah, it's like I want more, but I'm really happy with what I got, and I'm yeah. not. I don't want to be greedy. I want. I want yeah. more, but I do want more. But, but I do. Want but, more. I, but I don't. But I do anyway. But if they come out with a season two, you can't. And if he's not attached to it, you have to look at it. You have. Yeah, you have right, to separate more, it. Right. You gotta yeah. just separate. Okay, it's not season one. It's gonna be tough. Right. This yeah. is the season one was the jump off or whatever this new series is gonna be. Right. Like it kind of season one felt like just like a long ass movie. Like they he, he broke it up for you. He did what the Irishman didn't. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they broke or it Zach up. Zach Snyder didn't. Sorry, Zach Snyder made a long ass movie. That's true. He actually made Watchmen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Should have just broken up. You could tell the story needs it needs time to breathe. Like yeah. you can't rush it. I was even I was even telling Chris when I was watching. I think I were on episode three or four that I was like I think I would have liked to see their version of the Watchmen comic. I know he was against yeah. it, but I mean even if season two was like we're gonna tell you Watchmen, I would be okay with that. Yeah, like because I really enjoyed what uh, what like the way they told that story, and so I would be really intrigued or if they you know if they. If, if, if they, I, w- I would like to see how they would tell the Watchmen story. Yeah. Um, and if they would tell it any differently. But I know that wasn't the whole point of this season. But the way that I saw this, I would love to see how they did it. Or even the history of the Minutemen before, oh, right. exactly. yeah. before yeah. the 1985 events. Like, we got bits of that, but we could see more. They could recast the guy that they cast for Hooded Justice and um, Captain Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. At Metropolis, Captain Metropolis. Metropolis. Yeah, there, yeah, there was uh, a whole little thing yeah. there that we didn't even get right. to explore. There's like yeah. Mothman. There's a whole list of like of characters that have never really been like even given like speaking roles, right? But have still been in the background of all these Watchmen projects. There's a comic book that's called Before Watchmen that chronicled what does happen before it. Mm-hmm. So there's all, there's already some more source material they can go off of. Right. But it wouldn't be that awesome remix that we got in season one. Right. But still, they could do something with it. And play, if they don't have Damon Lindelof or, you know, Alan Moore was never going to come back to it because he hates his adaptations. But if they <laughs> I, I don't know, if they don't have the people that they can feel comfortable behind, they at least have some sort of source material that they can go from. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So if, if any if, if you haven't picked up on it, we really liked season one of Watchmen. Yeah, and if you, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if, you should go watch it. Maybe you should go watch it if you haven't. And if you did, we kind of spoil a lot of it. But but I, you already knew that. Going yeah. yeah. Well, also, we'd like to hear your thoughts and what you thought about season one. Yeah. Um, I, I heard from our good friend Ali. He yeah. reached out and he said that he also finished season one. And he kind of agrees. Like, I really hope that he's, he feels the same way. Like, I don't want them to make a season two. Because yeah. season one was so good. Ali, and did he enjoy it? He did. He said he, he said he that liked makes, it. Well, I, I got the Ali stamp of approval. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. that, that can be hard sometimes. It is. He, he's, a, he's a hard critic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to talk about some Star Wars. The path to Star Wars. Our Star Wars stories. Yeah. Um, Star Wars is a big part of a lot of our lives. I, I, I think so. Um, so, uh, Chris, I'd like to start with you. How did you... How did you get to Star Wars or your your love for Star Wars? Well, I think um, Star Wars was actually the first movie that I saw consciously in theaters. There was a 1994 re-release of A New Hope. 
in theaters. I say consciously because the first one I'm told is the first movie I ever saw was uh, Flintstones. I took a <laughs> nice nap right through that entire thing. So I like to think that the first one I was actually conscious and awake for was this re-release of, of Star Wars. But I was, I guess I was too young to fully remember the occasion. I just, I, I remember being told by my parents that I would try to sing the the in the car and then every now and then just go Star Wars <laughs> you know just like so I guess as a kid I was like something caught my eye that I quite don't quite know but when I really loved Star Wars was when I eventually saw the movie that you said that you just saw the documentary that was attached to right. the uh, 2005 2004, uh, 2004 release mm-hmm. of the DVDs um, of the original trilogy. Yeah, uh, Empire of Dreams, because that was the first time I saw some sort of like behind the scenes something for movies. I've always been drawn to movies and whatnot and stories and stuff like that. But this was the first time that I got to see it, like how the how the bacon, you know, how the sausage was made, not the bacon, <laughs> how the sausage was made. And for many, many people, it's like, you know, that the whole phrase, like once you learn how the sausage is made, once the curtain has been pulled away, you lose the magic of it. But for me, I was like, no, no, no. The magic just went like 10 times more. The fact that more. some guy had a you know a vision of this cool world that he was able to through much hardship make but still make uh that 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 really inspired me so that's that's when i knew okay i think i'm doing something with film or stories yeah so for me i mean it kind of it 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 shifted the path i was on the whole time so uh that's yeah that's that was my i guess that started my whole like kind of renewal of star wars in a way because uh it was right around the time that i wasn't a big fan when episodes one and two came out right um uh, weirdly enough i don't know why i ever made i didn't make it out to the theater to even see those as a kid uh even though i saw you know the original trilogy way back when but uh my older sister and i wanted to get caught up for revenge of the sith that was out that summer 2005 or whatnot so blockbuster days we yeah. went back and we got we did our homework and I realized and that's I guess that was when I saw that documentary and then I started getting into all these like the 80s blockbusters of of Spielberg and that kind of stuff and started looking at how they made those movies so that that was but that was really it was really Star Wars that started the spark of uh, the spark of rebellion <laughs> no, but like the spark of like what got me into uh, wanting to make stories for my own so that okay. was. That was mainly, and it was, it, I, I like to give credit to the movies, and of course they inspired me even as a little kid, but it was, I really think it was that documentary and the way that they told the actual story behind the story, like that, 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 the, the movie magic that kept, for some people ruins, you know, the actual yeah. allure of what's going on on screen. Oh, yeah, you appreciate it. But yeah, it's, yeah, in a way I appreciated it way more after seeing that. So that was, and then I, yeah, after watching all those going through, setting myself up for the what they were saying was the end of the saga haha ha. <laughs> you know back in episode you know uh three um that was when it i fully solidified i am a star wars fan yeah, <laughs> i am yeah. a star wars like i i've I, mean, I i read books about star wars so in a way i'm like almost a scholar about it so I, that's i i i like it too much because of that eye-opening experience i had with right. the actual way they created it so um that was my start. Yeah, I would, I, you know, I don't remember exactly when. I consider myself more of like a passive enjoyer. It's not until like recently when rewatching stuff that um that I really like started really enjoying like the deep storytelling that they've been trying to tell me the whole time. But um, 
yeah i mean that's really that's really it for me i'm curious to hear like give more of your insights because you have so much like deep knowledge about the about the whole you know empire or everything you know um i'm very excited about this <laughs> Needless I, to say. I um i i honestly don't remember when i got into star wars i just remember it being around especially when the phantom menace came out and that was like that was 99 so i was about five years old then and so I was really. Thank you. But I was. I feel like there was like. Uh, I was young enough. I was old enough to like. Uh, to maybe un- comprehend what I'm seeing on the screen, but also young enough to have you know the child wonder of it all. So like when I I you know the backlash of Phantom Menace, I never got that. Yeah. And, and I felt like that I was introduced to this new world when I was watching it. I, and I vaguely remember watching it in the theater. And I felt like my mom might have been a fan of Star Wars or at least like Star Wars because she was the one to take to, to take me there. Yeah. And my mom always told me that I was very well, like I, I did well in the theater. Yeah. Like that was like my happy place. I wouldn't I wouldn't have a fuss or anything. I sit there and just, whatever's on the screen, just en- enthralled by it. Yeah, know? exactly. And so it's even to this day, like I'm still like, put me in a theater. I, I can stay quiet for you know, as many hours as you need me to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I remember like, and then after Phantom Menace came out, I remember the toys and the t- I feel like me playing with those toys really got me into it. Cause then like, and uh, three years later, um, you have attack of the clones and I really liked attack of the clones. Cause like, I really like the, the Jedi's yeah. like you're going back and forth and all this stuff. And then three years later you get revenge of the Sith and I was a lot older then. So like, you're really understanding the story and the crazy thing about it is, like, I was watching them in the theater as they were coming out, me thinking that these were new original stories. Like, I mean, they were, but in my mind, I knew about, you know, Darth Vader, and I knew about Luke Skywalker, and I knew about all of, I knew the somewhat of a, a, a Star Wars was in the world. But what I didn't know is that there were three other movies that happened <laughs> many, many years before 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, I... I it get physically hurt each time you talk. I know. About this. <laughs> it's like, it's like what? That's uh. I, I for some like I, I walked out of Revenge of the Sith and I said I can't wait for the next one. My my stepdad's like, uh, no, there there's there's like three more. I'm like, no, there's not. That makes no sense. Yeah, there's a four, five, and six. I'm like, this came out with three. You're lying. <laughs> Takes me to Walmart, sh- proves me wrong, and and then I was able to get my hands on a on a copy of the trilogy and I watched it and I loved it. But my experience was one, two, three, four, five, six, as it was told. But I already knew the story beats of like I knew the big twist already. But like I didn't know I knew that already. Yeah. But like when I saw, I'm like, oh, I knew that. Because everybody talks about that. Right. The world has the world has ruined. That's maybe that's why you can, you know, you can enjoy it that way. Because everybody's ruined it. They've given that away. Like, oh, Luke, I am your father. So right. we have to see what's past that. It's still good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> still, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like. And throughout all these years, like I, I appreciated the Star Wars lore. I never got in. I never like went into the TV she- TV shows, the Clone Wars, at the time, and I never really read into the books. And then, but I, I played the video games. I loved Star Wars Battlefront Two, and I loved the Force. Uh, the oh, Force well, Unleashed. Right, you're talking about the new Star Wars Battlefront Two, right? No, no. Oh, okay. You're talking about the old one. I'm talking about the PS2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good stuff. Yes. That was. Uh, and then I liked um, uh, the Force Unleashed uh, one and two. I thought mm-hmm. like one better than two, but same. But either way, like I was still engrossed in it. And then after all these years, you, you don't really get the height of it all. 
at least in my lifetime, until Force Awakens came out. That, for me, elevated my fandom for it. Even though it's, it's always been there, it's always been in the background, but since Disney bought the rights to Lucasfilm and they were making more movies, and now you see it everywhere, I feel like this is like a really good time for Star Wars fans because I like that makes me want to go back and see what I loved about the originals uh, as we're all doing right now. But like I was, I feel like I was always a fan, but really didn't know how big of a fan I was until after Force Awakens came out. I was like, man, I really love, I really love this. And they have so much more coming out. Oh, I mean, yeah. Disney Plus has now, you know, they have a Star Wars section. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're going to dedicate this whole section because we have so much more shit coming yeah, out. Yeah, it, it's it's on the way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that that's that's my path to Star Wars. And so, I guess, going in there, I, 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 wrote, I have a list here. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I kind of want to bring up a few points. Uh, I watched uh, the documentary that Chris recommended, The Empire of Dreams. And so, I feel like I want to add a few things in there that's kind of interesting okay. that I wrote in here. Um, so, uh, George Lucas in his college years came out with a first, his first student film, TX, THX 1138, right? It was a 20 minute short film. It was really weird out of the box and that film wasn't liked by a lot of people, but it got attention to what type of stories he could tell to other people. Um, he had a very strong feeling that he wanted full control over his work and that's what um, kind of like hurt him a little bit because he didn't really resonate a lot with the studio companies, but he really wanted to really, he really want, when he makes his stories, he wants it to be his own. Yeah. So like he was really particular of how he was. Even after they're made. He right. Exactly. To make them yeah. his own. So true. Uh, the studio, uh, the, like I said, the studio wasn't happy with his first film. Um, so he, that launched him into make his own, uh, company Lucas limited. And so, like, he's like, I don't like how you're telling me what to do, so I'm gonna try to get the resources to, to do, it myself. do it myself, yeah. right? So, that was like spark number one, right? And then, with that, he wanted to gain respect almost. Like, I, I have to like prove that Star Wars is not ready yet, but I'm gonna try to make the story that uh, that can. And so, his second film was American Graffiti, and he, uh, I think he was, I think according to the documentary, he was like dared by Francis Coppola. To make like I bet you can't make a comedy, <laughs> and and he did, like he he wrote and directed I believe he wrote and directed that that movie and it became one of the s- most successful movies that year either I think seventy five or seventy six I've never seen it I, I had never seen it either, um but it's uh, it did very well in the box office What's well, cool little tidbit is uh, Ron Howard starred in that film and then he went on to direct Solo, Solo. eventually oh, like years that. down the road he was watching like he was yeah he was watching George Lucas direct him before he even directed Star Wars and then he went around back to Star Wars to the guy who likes you know flying ships just like American Graffiti is about American cars I don't right. know oh, it's just okay. pretty cool and that was also American Graffiti was the first time uh, Harrison Ford worked with George Lucas right uh, ah. So it's like a lot of weird kind of connection. Yeah, connection connections is still yeah. happening. So because uh, that movie was so success successful, that gained the the respect of studios when he wanted to distribute his movie. It was like, oh, okay, you wanna like you gain some respect there. Yeah. Until uh, they heard his pitch. <laughs> until they heard his pitch, exactly. Which speaking of his pitch, his pitch was he always wanted to make a nineteen thirties space opera. Um <laughs> Which took inspir- and he took inspiration from mythical stories like the Odyssey and King Arthur. 
So like a lot of like this movie is even in my film class back in at, at, in college, uh, like they they went back to Star Wars that this is a true hero's journey, like 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 the Odyssey was in those those. Uh, yeah, those... based on Joseph Campbell's monomyth, the right. the theory that every single civilization, their stories, their myths have the same structural DNA. No, regardless, I mean, even if they weren't told or brought to the the separate civilizations come up with the same stories and star wars is just a new take on the monomyth hmm. so i yeah when, when that when i realized that and that's what he was really doing with the story that's again what, about learning the craft of, yeah. of of this it's like oh he's doing something important because humans need the monomyth story clearly by right. just just showing you history that's how we get by is by telling each other stories. And it happens to be that a lot of stories follow the same kind of DNA of a, of a hero getting a call to adventure, going on that adventure and becoming somebody different by the end of it. Right. And yeah, he, he, he wanted, I guess he wanted to make that space opera, but he wanted it to also be like Flash Gordon, the, the TV yeah, serials exactly. that he grew up with. So he wanted, yeah, it was, it's, it was a weird melding of, something that was important, a story to tell, and then just the stories he liked growing up as a kid. Right. Um, and then later when he was trying to get his story made, he went to um, uh, he went to the different movie studios, and then one that said yes was 20th Century, 20th Century Fox, who the, the president at the time was like, I see, they, he, 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 uh, he betted on George Lucas and not Star Wars. Yeah, even in interviews, he's like, I don't know. I, don't know. I, yeah, I, it, I, I did not be really believe in this movie, but I wanted to give George a shot. Or something exactly. like that. It's like, yeah, it, even the person who believed in him didn't really believe in him with this stupid, like the, the stupid sci-fi kids movie he's trying to make. Exactly. So like that's even like either pure luck or yeah. just to show how, you know, George, how much people believed in a vision that George Lucas had. Like he was able to like, look, I can like, also I'm sure American graffiti making a lot of money helped as well. Yeah. Um, but also like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to bet on you. Yeah. He and bet on him as an artist, as opposed to the content he was putting out. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, in theory, uh, moving, you know, now, so he wrote a very long star Wars story, according to this documentary, which I guess has Chris's point out has been debunked a few times, but at least according <laughs> to the documentary, it was stated that he wrote a very long story that uh, he could re he could he knew that he could not reasonably afford to make this movie. So then he he took a third of his script, and that was Star Wars. And he knew that later was he was going to make two and three eventually. Right? Yeah, he's fluctuated between saying he's only making one movie, so he's making three movies, six movies, nine movies, twelve movies. <laughs> <laughs> and back and forth in between that but it's never gone beyond 12 and there actually is a i mean pictures aren't great on a podcast but and i can't <laughs> find it right now but he actually has there's actually pictures of his layout where he lists 12 episodes mm. uh I, I i thought that because i mean the way it was first told to me is i thought okay that means there's four trilogies that's how yeah. i thought it would in reality it says like it, you can see in the outline that what he wanted to do was make three trilogies all along but there would be anthologies, kind of prologue, like prologue epilogues in between the trilogies he would be making, yeah. which is kind of what they're doing in a way. Yeah, they're yeah. not really transitioning us in between trilogies, like I think he maybe intended, but in a way we're still kind of getting that little bit. But yeah, he the idea of what would happen in the sequels was something that he, inter he, he, he just knew it was going to be about old Luke. 
right. for the longest time. He never knew what story that was. So yeah, the, the idea that he came up with the entirety of Star Wars and kind of created this, like the Star Wars Bible of what happens is not true. Right. He was really concerned with making the original trilogy, getting the first one off the ground, and if he could, telling the story of Obi-Wan and Anakin before right. everything goes down. And he just grew fatigued after a while going like, I can barely make one. I'm not going to do this. Right. I'm going to be, he, he thought after like 12, if he did 12 films, he probably would die before like three or four of them got made just based on how much prep it took him to make each movie. So yeah, it's Bang weird. Yeah. He, he makes, he makes all sorts of statements in, in, in the media and stuff like that, that have been shown to be debunked. So he's not right. the best, even when he's talking about his own stuff, he's not the, he's best. Not the best source <laughs> when it comes to like the actual came from his brain. But, exactly. Yeah. But I think, yeah, but much. I think the broad strokes of like what he wanted to do with Darth Vader and Luke, I think right. for, for most of the history of star Wars, he kind of had that in his mind. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so when, when he was finalizing, uh, his agreements with 20th century as Fox, um, and you know he when he and he's he's a very forward-thinking person. They they mentioned in this documentary um, that with the success of American Graffiti, he felt like he had an opportunity to secure a few um, things. So he took the opportunity to um, so that I think that's right. I, I, again, I, we're kind of debunking this, but he he said he wanted to make sequels, and so I think the studio might have been giving him the opportunity to make sequels. So, but instead of like you are going to have a guarantee I'm going to make Star Wars, uh, A New Hope, Emperor Strikes Back, and Revenge of the uh, Return of the Jedi. And if securing this original trilogy, instead of doing that, he decided to, you know what, I'm just going to focus on this one movie, and I want um, the merchandising rights to, to, to Star Wars. <laughs> Bingo. Instead of, uh, instead of like um, perf- making sure that I have the opportunity to make three movies. And boy, did that pay off for yeah. him in a big way. Yep. He did what other people didn't. And he was like, and he also said that he knew that the studio wasn't going to market the movie that he would, or they're not going to market this movie well at all. He, cause he felt like this movie was going to be a flop and no one's going to care about it. So he's like, you know, I'll just take my matters in my own hands on that. I'll try to advertise or market the movie when I can. I'll come out with uh, t-shirts and posters and such like that. And the even, merchandising is yeah, the bulk of yep. how he made his money. Yeah, As yeah. you're sitting there wearing a Star Wars shirt. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm part of the problem. No. <laughs> so he definitely knew that like, he, he definitely made like probably one of the biggest decisions he ever made in his life of, uh, of like securing that, that, that the merchandising rights. Yeah. So they're making like solidify that he can make future movies without maybe knowing he's like, you know, this is, this is basically my livelihood of just this i i feel like this was like his big moment of like he now secured himself for life yeah by by making that decision and i feel like now now it's part of every movie con- uh contract is like you know some people have rights to, to the merchandise who gets the rights to merchandising yeah and it's mainly i think right now the studio who gets it so that's interesting and then and then after that we kind of go into like he had many problems um when the film production of the movie it was a complete nightmare he was a based on the actors he wasn't a very good director as far as giving direction the the actors made fun of it like the only thing that he said was faster and more intensity that's all <laughs> all, the, all the direction they got and there were also a lot of unknown actors at the time so with the exception he said uh with harrison ford he wasn't still like a not a household name but he it was coming up he was coming up and he worked with him with american graffiti mm. um and so yeah so uh and then 
Uh, a few little tidbits. Uh, I thought it was interesting that um, when doing the like this, the sound effects for the X Wings in this series, he uh, they took inspiration from old war movies. So like the way that old war movies were shot, like with the airplanes, mm-hmm. they use very similar camera movements and 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 tactics for how you see the X Wings move. So like really like the visceral moments of like it swooping in and out were inspired by old war movies. Yeah, there's oh, some kind of cool. Like, there's a dogfight from some old movie that's like shot for shot what the X Wing TIE fire like some sequences look exactly like it. And right. it's just yeah, he took that inspiration. Also from Kurosawa's uh you know samurai movies. Right, he exactly. also took yeah yeah seven with the, so, yeah. With the, the, the fighting style mm-hmm. with the Jedi. And then, and then, you know, with the success of the original Star Wars, even with all the production value and the struggles he's went through, um, because of that merchandising rights that he's got, he was able to now, he wanted full control. Because now the studios were like, well, this is a big hit. Yeah. Now they want to dip their hands in it. And because of that decision, he was like, you know what? I still want Fox to distribute the movie, but I want full creative control, so I'm going to finance the movie. Yeah. And he took, I believe, I don't remember what the price was. Uh, but he, he, uh, it was also over budget, but he financed the entire, the entirety of Empire Strikes Back. And I, and then I think later on the documentary said that he made his money back, um, within three weeks. Wow. (laughs) So like it was a huge gamble for him, but it paid off in a big way. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the rest is kind of history with the rest of, you know, what he's done. He bet, he bet on his art and he won, (laughs) obviously. For sure. Um, so that's a little little brief history of how more or less how I see that Star Wars got made. At least some, if you didn't know, fun facts about about that. Um, so now, kind of going into uh, what the movies have been trying to say, or you know, kind of how how would one I guess view this franchise as a whole? You know, you, know, you start with which which story were they are, were they telling the same story within the first trilogy? Than they were with the second trilogy and how they how they're telling it with the third trilogy, and like kind of maybe sh- going throughout you know the movies themselves or what story they were trying to tell within now one through nine. I mean the whole I guess the the the, the main theme is the fight between good and evil. I mean it's right. it's, it's it's again like going in the monomyth. That's the classic theme. That's what we want to. I mean that's what we as humans want to see in our stories is people questioning like is this good is this right because I, I, we have that same conflict going on in ourselves so seeing it on screen is nice to see and especially when they do it in such a like black and white way really lays like the dark side and the light side but i feel like what they're trying and we see different ways that people go between those two things in each trilogy we get to see luke go from well i mean he wasn't he didn't start off He's more or less, I guess, on the same kind of line. But we get to see Darth Vader mostly go from a kid that's just a kid. that uh, Why wouldn't he be a part of the light side? He right. goes to the dark side. Then he goes from the dark side to the light side at the end. We're, we're getting the same kind of journey with Kylo Ren. But also we're questioning, like, is Rey going to go? It's all about, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to be evil? Are they going to be good? Right. And through that, it's all through the drama of a family. And um, I think that because the first, the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy kind of showed you different sides of a coin of how you turn between dark and light, 
I've always said that I, I feel like a broken record at this point that the, that the new trilogy is going to be about the balance of the two. Like if you're going to make I a agree. story about the dark side and the light side and kind of have two trilogies, I mean, you have a, you have three trilogies, you have something dark and light. It's, it only makes sense that balance should be yep. a to show that there. You can use both sides of the right. force. And I think a lot of my, like the, the, the viewings I've been doing of the, the TV shows and stuff like that, those are the episodes that deal with the that that main central theme of uh, Star Wars, and I, I think them making some sort of cap on it, uh, like the theory that the Skywalkers are like the new form. There's no more Jedi. There's no more Sith. There's going to be like the Skywalkers going forward that embrace both dark and light. What they used to call gray Jedi. Yeah. I think that's going to be something that they show. Um, I guess I'm going to drop it now because I'm already thinking of it. But sure. um, yeah, we're in the, we're in Star Wars uh, talk. Yeah, yeah the 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 news that came out today i think or maybe yesterday late or whatever um jj abrams december was talking 16th to, 2019 there you go jj <laughs> abrams was talking about um or was talking to a reporter and i think he asked the reporter what's your favorite character and the reporter said uh ahsoka tano even though i and, and the reporter was like sorry i picked one that's from the not from the movies or anything and he basically said oh ahsoka huh Watch Rise of Skywalker carefully. Oh, and then she said, or like he or she, I forgot who it was, said what, 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 and then he's like, he laughed and said, enjoy the film, and like went away or something like that. So oh, this little nice. interaction that this reporter had with J.J. Abrams is now making everyone think, oh wow, is Ahsoka gonna be in? And I, I remember telling you what yesterday. Yeah. It's like I have like a good six episodes that I think that if you needed like a just 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 to watch a little bit of Clone Wars to get what they were trying to do there, I'll give you six episodes. And I I, I turned to him like you know, but unless they like put Ahsoka in this movie, <laughs> that's pretty much all you need. And then lo and behold, it, it seems now that we're gonna get some sort of uh, yeah, some sort of Ahsoka cameo. She's a very important character. She was Anakin's Padawan in the Clone Wars that oh. left the Jedi Order. Because she was uh, framed for something she didn't actually do uh, toward the end of the Clone Wars, like right before Episode Three is about to start, she leaves. So it's kind of like their way of like throwing in a character that's not in the movies. But she, since then, she's been in Rebels. She's played a very important part in what they've been doing behind the scenes of all these movies. But what's even more important than that is not just her connection to Darth Vader, but she's really the only person, the only like Jedi that they've shown that's left the Jedi Order and didn't ever become dark. She's yeah. taken dark side, she's taken red lightsabers and cleansed them of the dark side and made them white lightsabers. Mm. All of this is like, and she's not a Jedi, but she uses the Force. All of this is like, she is the template for what they're probably going to end up having Force sensitive characters be in the Star Wars universe after Rise of Skywalker. So. Her journey, in a way, is kind of like a prelude to what the future of the Force is supposed to be. Yeah. And maybe, like, with... I don't know how... They, he said, look closely at the film. So, is she going to be cast as Rosario Dawson, like I want her to be? <laughs> and, like, be in the movie? But no, she probably won't be. And she's probably super old, like 70 at this point. Right. Yeah. But I could easily see... I, I thought, back before Last Jedi, maybe Luke's not alone on Octo. And he's oh. he can't he he sought the wisdom of people who knew better than he did, maybe somebody who was apprenticed to his father. I thought maybe she'd show up that way. She still has the ability ability to show up, but I guess it would be you know Ray going after these answers. Or maybe that's Ray's unless that's Ray's mom. Uh, she's she's a she's an alien. I don't think that they would. have. Oh okay. See, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, I think I think 
that would be really cool if she was. Some people are even going so far as to think that Zori Bliss, because she doesn't take off the helmet, that she is oh. Ahsoka. But oh. the problem there is that uh, she is she like the tentacles that she has. It's not like a Twi'lek like in the last episode of mandalorian but she oh, okay. got horns going up here and tentacles don't going down here so for her to wear that helmet she would have had to chop off parts of her so i don't think that that <laughs> i don't think that that um theory holds any weight but uh that's uh, that would be really cool if she had something to do with ray i think she'd make a good mentor for her yeah, but maybe yeah as far as like lineage goes but anyway but the fact that he said that right right uh when maybe, he said look closely so like i feel like when you say that it's not yeah. like in your face like if he said like, hey, let's, like, uh, like I don't know. I feel like that it would be like either a small cameo, a background, mention, thing. A background yeah, thing, yeah. right? Or maybe something that's like they're teasing for. Uh, I'm thinking Force Ghost or Force Spirit. I guess is yeah. what we have to call it. Oh, I think okay. she could. I mean, it's possible that she could have died in the time that we, you know, we have last seen her, which is right. supposedly at the end of like the last scene in Rebels, uh, after the Battle of Endor. I think she takes another character to try to find the main character of Rebels off in a place that I think is going to another segue is I think, yeah, I guess I'll do that. I'm, I'm going to be, all, if no, contain right me, ahead. contain yeah. me. Cause yeah, I'm going to go all you. over the place. Yeah. Um, a place that she goes to in rebels. Uh, and a, I guess a place that maybe she has to eventually go to is this, is this place called a world between worlds, a place that exists outside of space and time. And in that episode, uh, Palpatine is shown, on the other side of one of these portals trying to get in and get oh, what ooh, Ahsoka okay. and Ezra Bridger have, who's the main character of the, the kid protagonist of Rebels. They're both in there. Right. They're the only two, I think, known to be in this place. Um, and the way he gets through... Uh, okay, I won't go into that. Uh, but I, I think basically <laughs> Palpatine is... like They're showing he wants to get in there. We know he wants power, but I, but I think because only Jedi know this ha have figured out this, since Qui-Gon figured out the secret of immortality of being Force ghosts, yeah. and that Sith, dark users, according to canon, I guess, so far, cannot be, and cannot have any way of existing beyond death, oh. maybe he thinks that he has to physically go to this world between worlds to achieve that. If oh, he does yeah. achieve that, maybe there's a way that he pretty much becomes a Sith god. There's a way that, they, that in Clone Wars that they pretty much kill, essentially, these Force users that are essentially gods, with a dagger a dagger is shown in trailers that ray is holding up as like a map to get to palpatine oh. but it could that's that's what people are thinking it's a map it doesn't look exactly like the dagger they use in clone wars but i'm thinking maybe this dagger is like the one thing that can kill emperor palpatine because he has eventually found a way through cloning through the secrets of the force or this world between worlds or something that he has found a way to prolong his life i think that's pretty clear i mean it hasn't been confirmed but the fact that we're hearing his voice we're hearing right. like it's alluded that yeah, yeah he's coming yeah. back in some yeah. way right. um it could just be like the the my my theory when we first saw dark ray is that dark ray some clone that he eventually was able to get into or something like that that he mm. was putting his consciousness into but um yeah even even george lucas way back has said some things like the these beings called the wills who it was he was really going to call star wars the journal of the wills or the avengers of luke skywalker Journal of the Wills. The, the, this word is very important in like the creation of Star Wars. He basically, they're like basically the spirits of the world. And he said like in Star Wars, people are just like cars and vehicles to the Wills. So if that's a concept that he had way back then, I'm thinking 
I, I, I firmly believe, I'm going to be super disappointed, but <laughs> if, I, if I listen to this after Rise of Skywalker, I'm going to be like, dang it, Chris, you, come on. Uh, but <laughs> I, I really feel, <laughs> yeah, I know. I really feel like Force Spirits, Force Ghosts, whatever you want to call them, have to play a significant role and then in turn immortality and like the question of, of, of death. I mean, we're getting Rise of Skywalker. It could be that it's the rise of a new organization, like I said before, yeah, but right. it literally could be that a character rises from the dead. Um, I, I threw the theory at you. See, I'm going to go all over the place. I threw the theory at you um, a little while, like yesterday or something like yeah. that, that we're seeing a lot of, um, there's always parallels to the other movies. That's just the way they're created. That uh, ring theory goes into it, that, that all the movies pretty much rhyme with each other. And if that's the case, and it seems like there there is evidence to the fact that the new trilogy does this as well as there it's undisputable that the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy rhyme with each other and do certain things in the inverse and stuff like that that show that they're trying to focus on the differences between the two mm-hmm. it's it's just the way the story is crafted luckily they're doing that in the sequel trilogy and you can see little things uh, in Last Jedi and Force Awakens that go, okay, this is just like... The, I mean, pe- people knocked Force Awakens for being too much like A New Hope, but mm-hmm. in many ways, it's like Last Jedi. It's It gets really complicated how they parallel each other, but they do... It, they intertwine a lot. And basically, I'm seeing Rey and Kylo fight each other around water in the same way, splashing up around them. In the same way, I remember as a kid l- l- watching the previews for Revenge of the Sith and seeing Obi-Wan and Anakin fighting with waves of lava coming up on them. It's just a different, it's an inversion of whatever element around them they're fighting in. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe Rise of Skywalker has to do in the same way of uh, like the rise of Darth Vader was because he had a battle with a, with a friend mentor, kind of important person in his life. And he gets, he gets disfigured, burned, turned to a new person based on that interaction and the elements that he's, you know, exposed to so i'm thinking maybe we're seeing water kylo might have his light side redemption his turn by maybe drowning or getting boiled in the water or something like that i don't know something like that that after he comes to he's ben skywalker uh, he's ben solo or ben skywalker whatever he wants to go by again in the same way that once vader was burnt up and his limbs got all chopped off he was fully darth vader after that yeah. I, so I, I really do like this ring theory that you like you explained this to me yesterday and I was thinking about it all throughout the day since you know Star Wars is in my is in my mind now. <laughs> um but like I mean it makes a lot of sense to make that parallel of like even when I was watching the trailer I'm like man that that intense fight scene does look like the same scene from Revenge of the Sith. And um I it wouldn't put it past me that if we see more parallels that I feel like we I believe there might be a scene in the trailer where there's something in the jungle. Yeah, or that's supposed to be. There, there's another forest. For that's right, forest. Yeah, or like area that's supposed to. I'm assuming mimic both Endor and the jungles in Naboo back in Phantom Menace. Right. I feel like this one is heavily going to parallel both Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace. So even the the scene where they're in the desert and they're on the, like those that speeder getting away from troopers. That's I believe supposed to mimic Luke and Leia on the speeder oh, yeah. bikes Endor. in Endor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Ray with that double bladed red lightsaber. When last time we saw somebody with a double bladed red lightsaber, they showed it off pretty dramatically, and it was Darth Maul in Phantom Menace. It's supposed to parallel Phantom Menace. See, all the all the pieces are there. That mm. this film is still going to do what all these like George Lucas 
when he was, you know, he was fully in control right. of those six. He made sure that happened. I was really worried that because it was right before Force Awakens that I learned about Ring Theory that they weren't going to be doing this. And it seems like they are. So in a way, if you really wanted to try, and I think he does in his book, right. you could figure out what happens in season, I mean, season, not season, in, 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 episode, in Rise of Skywalker, right, episode right. nine, just based on like broad strokes of what's going to happen. Right. And it's cool that, you know, each with each trailer we get, we do already see little parallels between them right. so i, I yeah. kind of want to dive into what we can expect or what maybe i mean i feel like expectations is like we might be setting ourselves for failure but at least what we're given and what we can maybe hope for it could be something so uh i i i'm curious to, to hear what i, I think a, a big uh uh what's what i'm trying to say a big thing that i'm interested in seeing of how they treat a princess leia and I know that Carrie Fisher passed away right before The Last Jedi came out. Mm -hmm. And so this was supposed to be, uh, they were able to use footage from The Force Awakens and maybe from Last Jedi and give her a story around that. And so my question is, how do you think that they would approach that given the information that we know? And we, need, we haven't even seen her in the trailer that I know of. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, we have. We have seen her in the We've trailer? We've seen her on that forest. Yeah. In the um, forest. She's okay. holding... Anakin's her, fa her father's lightsaber. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I, and she's I, actually dressed in the same colors that Anakin wore in Clone Wars. Oh. A deep red and navy was exactly what he wore through like the entirety of Clone Wars, and she's mimicking her father's look. So, so. If, if, if they were gonna, I I would assume maybe an end to her character. The first question: Do you think they would kill her off? I originally thought that they were going to do something similar to if if I'm you know going on the whole ring theory thing right. again. We see Padme's funeral at the end of uh, episode three, oh, that's and that's true. like a scene that they show. Right. I mean they, they 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 made that a scene. They made that a visual on purpose, and maybe that's because there's going to be some sort. I mean it's it's around the same time I think is. Um, as the the funeral that they well no they, there's a funeral in uh, Phantom Menace too they they have yeah, for Qui Gon uh, mm -hmm. and the Pike so if they're it's gonna be mimicking that there's already another yeah I don't know I think it's very possible that they could have a funeral scene I mean Darth Vader gets burnt up at the end of right. he has his own kind of funeral yeah. scene I I I don't know that could very much happen that they kill her off but well I guess what what lasting things that you would like to see her do or say or like if this was for, talk for, about Ben. Talk about Kylo. Mm. I think that's what exists. I think there's more conversation between her and Rey at the end of Force Awakens and her and Harrison Ford at like in the middle of Force Awakens that they're going to pull from. Mm. And what she's talking about with Han Solo in those scenes was already Ben. Right. So that's that there's your footage right there and then they just kind of instead of making the rebel base behind her, I think they just put the the forest behind her. Right. So. And then we have the inclusion of uh, Billy D. Williams as uh, Lando coming back. And then, you know, it's also alluded that we might be saying goodbye to C-3PO. And yeah. a lot of people theorize that we could be seeing the end of the Millennium Falcon. Well, it is just a mind wipe. Right. So, like, so I, I, or, right. For, see, or a reset or something, which isn't, which has a precedent. Because right at the end of, of Revenge of the Sith, because it's just fresh in my mind. There is like one moment where they're like, and wipe the uh, protocol droid's memory. And he's like, <laughs> oh no. And then a circle closes in on him and they change the scene. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, so that already happened. 
before i, I don't know um, right, so it's yeah. not it's not as I, it, it may not be a death but right the, yeah the interesting concept is they're they're it seems like they're resetting and we're making him do some sort of function that was hidden in his programming or something like that mm. I, people say a factory reset but i like to say that he wasn't made in a factory right. he was made yeah. by anakin, anakin skywalker, skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> so i don't know what i don't know if what, young i mean young anakin wasn't you know full emo and full of rage yet right but i don't know if he put in some sort of like you know i'm gonna make c-3po war mode so when <laughs> i leave my mom to go be a jedi she at least has some sort of you know bodyguard like legitimate bodyguard yeah, with right. her but he ends up leaving c-3po well, yeah but because to protect his mom oh that, that's yeah he well, he even says 3PO look after her while I'm gone. That's he right. Wasn't, he's like, sorry, I didn't get to finish you. That's right. Because he's that still like the yes. wires yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Right, and then he right. meets him fully golden when he goes to uh, the uh, the moisture farm in in Attack of the Clones. That's right. Then his yeah. mom dies and he picks up. I guess he just, picks he's up like, he's like, yeah. all right, now there's nobody. I don't need to protect you guys, you know, yeah. Owen and you know, Baru. <laughs> so I'm going to take you and, and be a part of the Clone Wars and everything. Right. But yeah, that was... For a while, C-3PO was just left with uh, Shmi Skywalker. That's right. So, I remember this. Who thing. might be Rey. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to get into that, but there's also the, there's a there's a strong-ish theory that um, that Shmi Skywalker, Anakin's mom, is Rey. What? What? Well, I mean, if we're if we're going in the whole world between worlds thing, Ezra Bridger pulled out Ahsoka through time and brought her to World Between Worlds. So time travel in that episode became confirmed in star wars oh for this to be a a circle like it like i'm saying it is yeah it could literally be a time loop and it could really be about the skywalker family what comes first the chicken or the egg now we're blending things it's like watchmen it's like what came first did ray come first or did you know did anakin come first uh there's also the theory that we actually saw the moment that anakin was created when and this could go stretch it because kylo and ray could be related but this could be the moment that anakin was created through the force when they touched through the force oh like in, in and force blew War. up the hut in last jedi yeah okay mm. interesting oh okay it's like that that what was happening there was the first time like i don't know they didn't really touch but there was something going on there force wise that apparently never really happened before right like i guess that was them showing that they were reaching out in another way that wasn't physical, that could be the way that Anakin was conceived if she is I feel Shmi like, Skywalker. I feel like this is so. like really deep diving. This is tinfoil hat stuff. Yeah, I feel like yeah, yeah. I feel like the fact that she's a clone and that the whole cloning process is something that might come back. Right. They they give a throwaway line in Force Awakens about it. That has more I don't know, traction. Yeah. But like it could who, who they said, I mean Chris Terrio, he he's the writer for this movie. Mm-hmm. He write he wrote Argo, yeah. Okay. he wrote batman versus superman and justice league oh yeah so okay. but okay. and i right. that, that's when i went into research and like what he said he's influencing him right. he says yeah feloni's shows influenced him timothy zahn's novels from the 80s influenced him okay. i'm talking about stuff where palpatine originally came back from the dead and mara jade happened and luke married mara jade you know like the the redhead with the purple lightsaber like there used to be the emperor's right hand woman like that kind of all that kind of stuff uh grand admiral thrawn huge star wars stuff that was never in the movies that we're now seeing happen in like the tv shows and stuff the writer looked at this he also went directly to george lucas and j with jj abrams and said how would you you know how are you going to end it 
Right. So he has the George Lucas. He also has like the plot threads from Last Jedi uh, that J.J. Abrams said did not affect him. Like we're not obstacles. He basically said that J.J. Abrams, the, the writer said J.J. Abrams walked in and said, this is how I want people to feel at the end of this movie. Now let's make a story with all, all the pieces that we have, hmm. especially since they had to scrap the original script because of Leia, because of, of Carrie Fisher. Right. So that I think that was the biggest obstacle. But once he saw that he just had a bunch of pieces and he could fit it into an emotional arc that he right. wants us to, that made me feel very safe that this guy, Chris Terrio, is writing this because yeah. he seems like he's very, very, like he he can be, he he knows the lore. He knows even new stuff that Dave Filoni came up with. Right. And, and st- so I, I feel more safe. I guess even the aftermath novels, the stuff that came in that's supposed to tell us about what happened between last Jedi and force awakens. Yeah. He's looking at that. So there's going to be references to novels. I haven't even gone to that stuff, but people who read those novels are going to be like, (laughs) so wow, there's a repurposed battle droid named Mr. Bones. It's a cool character from the book. I, I, even though I haven't read it, it's the coolest thing from the book I've heard about that could be in the movie. Little things like this that people can see, um, that we're, we're, maybe we're not in for justice league. We're in for an Argo. I don't know. But like, um, that just lends more credence to the idea that we're going to see Ahsoka and we're going to see some of these things that they've been teasing in, in Clone Wars and Rebels. So I feel like, I don't know, in, in, in a huge way, this isn't just a capping off. Like, like Revenge of the Sith was capping off six episodes. Right. That's really it. Yeah. This is this might really be capping off the new canon that they've created in a way that yeah. they've never incorporated other things in. Like we talked about, is Mandalorian going to be... They could. Right. They might yeah. find some way to change the way you're thinking about Mandalorian in the same right. way that we went to go watch like Winter Soldier and learn that Hydra was something and now we know oh baby Yoda is blank or something baby Yoda's Hydra no no that's <laughs> something like that some sort of twist about the force and stuff like that right um that there the, the people behind this movie have said that they want to end an entire like saga in a way that they haven't before by incorporating things that were neglected right even in these past two movies like force awakens and last jedi i feel like i don't know i feel like this one might be the fan favorite i don't know they might i don't know it's not going to be as divisive as last jedi it's not going to be as too nostalgic as force awakens we kind of got those things out of the way there's like there's the concept that all these three trilogies are thesis the antithesis and then a synthesis so okay. that's and that that's going back to dark side light side balance. Balance, right? It's like I think we're gonna get that again. We're gonna get the concept of a hero, then we get the concept of a villain, then we get the concept of the what it means to yeah. navigate Both. moral ambiguity and yeah. big questions. So and he always said, even though he didn't like I said before, he he had an idea like maybe I could do this third trilogy, you know, in the future if I'm right. still alive or whatnot. He always said it would the two things that it was always going to be about old Luke and moral philosophy, okay. like the, what what it means to do good in a way that the other ones never answered, but were always about. They're always about the fight between good and evil, but they never questioned is this good and is this evil. Right now they're kind of going. Now, now we have a character in Kylo Ren and Rey who are both kind of. They're not staunchly for one side or the other. Right, right. So it's it's cool that we're getting this this synthesis after a thesis and antithesis. And, and to, it just reminded me of something in ep, in the in episode in Last Jedi. I haven't seen it because I'm not there yet. But it, um, when they go to the casino mm-hmm. with um, 
Antonio. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Uh, his Benicio Del Toro. Benicio Del Toro. And he talks about um, that they're making starships for both sides. Yeah. For good and bad. That's yeah. just when you said that, it just reminded me. Yeah. Of you said yeah. That. Little things like that. Yeah. Like they don't even give you any morally ambiguous corporations who are war profiteering. Right. But now they're, they're showing the gray of war. Right. They're showing that they're people profiting off. I mean, we get a little bit of that by learning that the most evil guy in the franchise created the war in the first place. Yeah. Right. But, and profited off. So that's war profiteering. That's like the epitome of war profiteering right yeah, there. Exactly. But, but the idea that the, the, I don't know that this world is full of these gray characters and not just black and white because I mean, Mandalorian, that's the, I mean, we're, same we're, thing. So, yeah, same gray, part yeah. of what makes it compelling is, is he going to be the good guy who protects baby Yoda? Or is he going to be the ga- bad guy who's out for himself and just money Yeah, right? and getting the next job? Like and that right there yeah. is this gray kind of balance of good and bad that goes to the heart of star Wars. So even right. when it's not about dark side of the force, light side of the force, or a family of force users, the Skywalkers. Yeah, I'm all over the place. But Mandalorian's still finding yeah, some way yeah, to... Yeah, yeah, no, I agree yeah, with you. Yeah. Um, as we more or less wrap up, I want to at least talk about two characters we haven't mentioned yet, and mm-hmm. I feel like have been uh, pivotal to this new trilogy, is Finn and Poe. Um, and so where, where do you think that they could be uh, kind of moving forward with this ending of the series? Because like Poe Dameron has been a pilot, a go-getter, and I feel like... If they're gonna make his arc anything, he might be the like the new leader, like uh, like uh, Princess Leia was, or 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 General Organa. Yeah, you know, she turns into. I feel like he could be maybe taking the mantle of that, and then I also feel like Finn, starting from being part of uh, an elite force of, with with the First Order, um, and just being a stormtrooper, and then you know more or less you know making him of his own. I feel like that he may be. He, he might have his own, uh, uh, what's the way I'm trying to say that? Like, he be like a complete, I feel like resolution a, a resolution to that, yeah. to that, to that, to that story of him being part of a unit and then now being part of something else. That's actually a complaint that people have about Last Jedi is that they gave them the ends of their arcs, both of those characters already. Oh. So I think it might have been J.J. Abrams that was even going into detail about if there were any obstacles, it was about that people kind of finished their arcs already, that there weren't really things in that Ryan Johnson did that he had to undo. And that's, I mean, that, I, that, that whole theory is, is is kind of ridiculous to me that the, the think tank that's behind all this, I even have their names. I'm not going to go into it of the people that each movie approve of the storyline. Right. Um, that it wasn't something that he had undone. Um, yeah, I'm looking at their names right now, but I'm not gonna uh, <laughs> go into. But um, yeah, what was I saying? Shoot, the uh, the that Ryan Johnson finished the arcs of, of Finn and Poe. Right, right, right. And yeah, so it's those it's those two that they kind of they took Finn from being a selfless person that broke away from a selfish person who's trying to survive, and he learns selflessness through the help of Rose right. and that journey that he takes in Last Jedi for better or for worse. Right, you know, people yeah. don't like it, but and then they've also kind of made Poe they've made him learn from his mistakes of trying to be a leader and not doing it well in last Jedi. And by the end of last Jedi, we think he could be ready to take over for like those little bit, like bits. I feel like they, they could expand on, but in many ways they could have almost left there and they kind of have overcome, learned something that it's, I don't really know what they're going to go into. I mean, they're going into post past because Zora, Zori bliss is supposed to be like an ex lover of his, but do I don't like know how just... much that does to his character because right. I feel like if 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 what they focused on is 
his journey to become a leader, then maybe that's what they need to focus on. Right, instead of um, being a leader in this new resistance. Yeah. And and they could also serve as like, you know, supporting roles for Ray and finishing out her journey. Because it's Ray and Kylo whose journeys have officially you can't say they've ended. Right, they've exactly. Been, yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, so as as we wrap up this the, our Star Wars conversation, what we can expect, and all anticipating how the Rise of Skywalker is going to end as as a whole, uh, and uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Uh, what is your favorite thing to come out of Star Wars? If you can maybe pinpoint either it could be characters or a specific movie or a specific theme that is used, what can you take away as maybe like the shining light of this whole franchise? As something that that's really the glue that that really makes you like, I I'm the reason in why it. you keep watching. Yeah, reason you keep watching. I don't know. That's really tough, and maybe that's why I keep watching is to figure out why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of said before, like as a kid, I was like, in, I, I don't know. I could barely I could barely speak or whatever, but I was in enthralled by it. I was enraptured right. by it, and I guess I'm still like. And then I you know saw the craft of how it was made and learned. I I I, I guess I want that. I guess I want to keep going into this world and learn new things about it and learn new things about like storytelling and learn new things about, I don't know, like moral questions. And so, uh, but the fact that that something was set up in a way that's bigger than George Lucas now, that it was the first real thing that I can think of that you could put a character in the background of a, of a shot and somebody somewhere would come up with the back, would, would come up with a story for that character, a name for that character that I don't know the 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 fact that it keeps on growing, creating and more creativity. Like he, he, in many ways, George Lucas like he wants to be in control of his universe, but also in another way, he be, he made his universe more exactly. open to right. the fans to kind of write their own stories and find their own place in what this universe would be more so right. than some of these other things like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Which are both, which I both love, for their world building in the same way. But there's something about Star Wars that eternal, because it is this big galaxy that we have never explored fully. There are things out there that can still be kind of created and like, so much and, more and built yeah. built upon. So I don't know. I think I like the fact that I can go into it and I can be like, wow, like you said, like the music that could be one thing that was just like. That's amazing. Yeah, we need but to there's too many Williams things schools, that like yeah. that that, that they're going to like the fact they're going to play all the themes from all the old movies. That's been confirmed that he's going to put all those the light motifs of like the of Luke's theme and and Leia's theme and in in intertwine with Rey's and even Duel of the Fates like back when they were fighting Darth Maul. All mm. of those iconic themes they said somebody said I I can't I don't I know the yeah, source yeah, but yeah. they said is going to be in this next movie. So it's like that already gives me chills. I know yeah. all these all these things are coming together that that really feel like they're capping off. This is going to be an epilogue, or really a conclusion to everything. And one more one more theory I have is that R two D two and C three PO they've been around for a lot. I mean, there, yeah. like I said, there've been gaps where C three PO went off and did whatever and wasn't there for the main action of everything. But what if they were there for a reason? Maybe we, maybe it wasn't intended in the first place. George Lucas always said that he wouldn't have connected tissues except for maybe the droids. Maybe the droids would be all, you know, all the way through each each trilogy, uh, and that's pretty much been what's ha- what's yeah. happened. Do you have to say R two D two record, like Leia did, or did R two D two just record all the important stuff? There's sure. stuff that I'm watching just in Revenge of the Sith, like the last meeting of Anakin and Padme. They're embracing before he becomes Darth Vader and she dies. 
they're in the background, C-3PO and R2-D2 are just watching. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like that would be helpful for like somebody like Ray, you yeah. know, or like the, the future generation to like to see, see this all moment. this stuff yeah, yeah. actually go down. Like even like, I don't know, but I, I, have, I have a feeling that we're already dealing with C-3PO and his like memory wiper, like factory reset. There might be something with memory that they themselves contain this whole time that will be important to how the story resolves. I'm hoping that's the case. Otherwise like, it's just like, oh cool, it's those it's it's Jay and Silent Bob and Robot Forum <laughs> that are just like, you know, in ca- cameoing in each movie. But yes. if they make it so they were around and they saw everything and they can help a character achieve something based on what happened in the past. Making and in a way that's our way, the audience, of reliving those moments. It yeah. could just be like it could be that moment where we see in Last Jedi, Obi, like, help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. When R2-D2 does that to Luke, to, okay, I'll help, or whatever, he gets him to do something. Right. If he does that on a huge scale and be like, look at what happened. Look at this battle that Obi-Wan and Anakin had. I can tell you all the answers. To, I don't know. I would really... R2-D2 was the ultimate video recorder for all <laughs> Like the whole time. The whole time. Like, I got like, you guys back the whole time. Yeah, I got I did... everything recorded in here. <laughs> they didn't wipe his memory. They said, wipe the protocol droid's memory, but I, do not, I believe that they have never wiped... R2-D2's memory. Man, that would be amazing. Yeah. That, 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 so but, even though they're toying with C-3PO's brain, I feel like I'm hoping R2-D2 is the key there because key, I feel like yeah. they kind of shafted him in Force Awakens. He yeah. was around in Last Jedi. He had that cool scene with Luke I just talked about, but for yeah. the most part, I mean, R2-D2 is my favorite droid, so I hope they kind of make him almost like the... They've already made him the glue, but make that glue mean something. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, Ernesto, do you have a favorite thing that come out of star wars that you like even to this day from the first moment from the first moment you watch it to your anticipation of rise of skywalker you know the favorite anything to do with the force the force yeah like the whole jedi the whole jedi and the force aspect to me that's what keeps me coming back midichlorians yeah midichlorians <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i for me i just like the story that they tell yeah and i i, I for me a lot of a lot of stuff uh kind of goes back to um, at least the way I watch movies, I like a good story. Yeah. And I feel like Star Wars is part of that. It's it's very unique, and you really it's 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 it takes on familiar themes, but also is completely different. And I feel like that's what always keeps me drawing back for more because even with, uh, you know, you just don't know what new character that might come up, and it's like, it's just iconic. I, don't know, I, I think just, it's that monomyth too that you're drawn to that a lot of these movies have the hero's journey in right, them. Right. Yeah. And it feels more important because it's a story. It's like, it's a tale as old as time, not right, Beauty exactly. the Beast. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it really is like, since we were telling stories, there was like the prototype for Luke Skywalker somewhere in there. And right. and in the years to come, we're going to have a new, there's going to be a new mythology for people right. that people are going to go back and go like, there's a star Wars thing. That's a remarkably similar to, you know, this new yeah. story, but it's just, I'm, I'm glad that this is the one we get. Right. Yeah, I agree. It, but it it's, feel it's important because they go after that. It's not just an entertaining story. It's an important story. Right. One that yeah. for whatever reason we keep telling. Yeah, I. It's 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 one of those things where I feel like even the, even when I was a kid, like it can capture the the imagination of children, but then earn the respect of adults in moving forward. Like it's it's for everybody. To quote Imagineering yeah. Story, which is also a good show, they say there's not a lot of adult in a kid. But there's a lot of like childhood in an adult. Yeah, I can agree with that. And yep. I, I feel like that that's always been there for me anyway. Um, 
But yeah. Anyway, that's our Star Wars conversation. Yeah. Uh, I hope you. Thanks can... for having me, guys. Yeah, no, yeah, this yeah. has been no, fun. This has been a lot of fun. Chris, thank you again for coming on the yeah. show. Have to have you have to have you come back on. Yeah, yes, I'd love sure. to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. More than just for Star Wars. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can, I can keep talking Wars. about Star Wars, but I, I, <laughs> Obviously. I, I have other thoughts yeah. <laughs> as well. I, he likes. Oh, you know what? Before we wrap up, I do yeah. want to ask you, and it doesn't have to be Star Wars, but what is your favorite movie and why? All time. That's. I mean. I, it's, it sounds like a cop-out answer, but it's the the reason I like movies is that it keeps on changing and I don't know. Maybe okay. maybe eventually I'll make that one, write that one, be a part of the perfect movie, but I don't know what it is. I'm still looking for it. I mean, you can. I have a favorite movie for something, but like the epitome, I can't put like everything that I am and everything I want out of a movie into like one two-hour mm. thing. But the franchise as a whole of Star Wars, that's one of the things that comes close. There's a okay. lot of other things that, but this, this, the, the, the world it tells. Okay. I'm, I'm a, if you haven't learned from this, inter, inter, like this conversation, I'm a huge fan of world building Yeah. with Watchmen, I with don't Star Wars, with all that. Yeah. <laughs> and when somebody does it right, when somebody yeah. does it really awesome, I, I take note. Yep. And yep. Uh, so I know it's a cop out answer. I wish I had a we'll favorite take it for movie, now. but, but if we have I'm you back on, we'll pick at you I'm some more. I'm searching for it. So <laughs> and, yeah. uh, if we come, if, when you come back on, be like, did you find it yet? Yeah. Right, no, nope. Well, nope. Somehow. I can tell you like maybe like what it is right now, but I say that and I can't like, <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. I, one time I tried to figure it out. I tried to figure, I tried to like, I found this website that ranks a bunch of movies and I, I went through and did like hundreds of movies and I don't know what it says, but it's probably, it's probably like. Empire Strikes Back. It's probably okay. okay. Temple of Doom. Home Alone's up there, believe it or not. Um, those are just the ones that I attached to in childhood. There's a, there's like a whole separate ones of like, since I've learned more about film, which ones yeah. I like. So right. yeah, you just asked me a question that is way too hard to answer. <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> well, I guess we won't ask you But that I think my yet. answer tells me more, tells you more about me than if I just gave you a movie. I, that, Correct. I, I right. Yeah. I don't you know. You answered the question without answering the question. Yeah. Yes. So if you want more from us, you can always check out our Instagram page at box office underscore bingers uh, and we'll let you know what we're going to be talking about in the next episode. What we're watching this week. What we're watching this week. We'll keep you updated. Watch and out for our special podcast this Friday. We're going to do shooting after watching Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it's going to be like our freshest, fresh take yeah. of, of of any movie that we've done so far. If you're, if you're looking at our Instagram page, you see we do a lot of fresh takes, which is basically just a, a, a quick tease. Uh, tease of what we thought about the movie, how we felt about the movie. And uh, just like what our, our... Or for you to know to come listen. Oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. Or just like, hey, this is what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. And also, you're going to see all that on our Instagram page. Um, but, yeah, we're going to have a, a special Star Wars episode. I, I hope we have more. I don't even know who's fully involved in this episode. I know it's just you and me, but we might have more. We might have some surprise I think guests. Kirk, I think Kirk's going to come back. Kirk's going to come back. Um, I know Chris, you're you're you're, you're going to be gone. Yeah, yeah you're, you're going to be. Gone. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was about to be like, yeah, sure. I, what were we talking about? Yeah. What, what, what day are we talking? Yeah, I'll probably be gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, and we might have more special guests. I don't know. I don't know who else is involved, but Ooh. uh, I either way, if they want to be <gasps> Santa, Santa's yeah. going to be there talking about Star Wars. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> he's the he's the new Skywalker. Yes. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, oh, ho, 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 motherfucker! <laughs> I Sam am the Force. Comes back. <laughs> If only. If only. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you enjoy this episode of Box Office Bingers. I've been your host, Matt Diaz. Along with Ernesto Santos. Thank hey. you, guys. You know, thanks, Thank you, Chris, thank for coming you, Chris, on. We coming enjoyed on. having you on. Can't happy wait to here. have you back. 
And uh, tune in for our next episode, which will be the special Star Wars one. I'll All right. catch you there. See you guys.